0: On the show today, we're joined by Chris Sinzak from the Decibel Geek Podcast. Celebrity deaths, Metal Mike defeats COVID a second time, and the top five Kiss albums of all time coming up next on the Flood Podcast.
1: You're listening to the Blood Podcast. Music and with Bushy and No Mike. Sit back, crack open a cold bruise, break out your steps. Hide it all in while we do our retrospective views, and discussions of all things music, humor, and entertainment If your metal mind meltdowns. So without further ado, here's Bushy and Metal Mind. the pause
0: That's right. You're listening to the Plug Podcast, music aboard with Bushy and Metal Mike. Yes, Metal Mike is here. But before I say hello to Metal Mike, Metal Mike, we have a guest, Chris Sinzak no. in the house. How you doing, brother?
2: What's up? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Well,
0: I, well, I, I know I appreciate you coming on. I didn't even tell Metal hey. Mike about this, so I know he's yeah, stoked. yeah, I'm,
3: yeah. Hell yeah, man. I mean, come on. It's it's the guy who. Not only does he do the guest decimal Geeks, but he is the founder of the Feast when it comes to the rockin' pod. I mean, fuck yeah. Totally honored, brother. Thank you.
0: Oh, happy
2: to join you guys.
0: Every once in a while. You know how it is when those uppity bitches you know, have to get back to, <laughs> to some charity they don't give a shit about. He's like, yeah, I'll come slum on your fucking show.
2: <laughs> I don't view it as slumming at all. I look at it as catching
0: up with good friends. There you go. You just messed up my whole bit. Thanks a lot, Chris.
3: You're welcome. <laughs> what are you here for, dude?
0: <laughs> but yes, that's right. We do have uh, Chris Sinzek, one half of the Decibel Geek podcast. Uh, did a great bracket brawl last night on, uh, do you all call it Decibel Geek Live or Friday Night Live? I can't even remember.
2: Friday Night Live.
0: Yeah. Right, because Saturday Night Live has a trademark. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get sued. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm still waiting for the you know Eddie Trunk lawsuit against that metal station.
2: Yeah, I'm surprised it hasn't happened
0: yet. I know, right? Well, I tell you what. Get Eddie Trunk at Rocket Pod, sit him down with us, so <laughs> we can discuss this.
2: <laughs> hey, if, as long as you interview him about himself, then he, he can always talk about his favorite subject.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm down with it. You know, a lot of people, you know, Eddie Trunk always name drops. Well, he knows literally everybody. I don't care. I enjoy his show, too. I will I like, say.
2: Yeah, I like some of it, but he, he does inject himself way too much into stuff.
0: Well, of course he does. I would just like to talk about how a 21-year-old kid is an A&R rep. <laughs> Those are the stories <laughs> I want to hear. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, he was actually one of our first big gets on Decibel Geek. He was one of the first uh, bigger name people. Yeah, that was a long time ago. But, uh, but yeah, no, it was fun. We, we talked about his early days in radio and everything and how he started with Megaforce and all that. So, yeah, it, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting story, you know, how he went from fan to go up through the ranks with the record company and then into radio and everything. So, yeah. <laughs> He's got a good history for sure.
0: Oh, that's awesome. See, that must be before I had uh, discovered you guys and discovered the whole music podcast scene. So uh, now I got a deep dive.
2: Yeah, it's like episode 30-something.
3: Yeah, that's that's how I listen to it is, you know, once I discovered you guys, and, you know, I've always been like, oh, well, here, let me listen to some of these past episodes. And, and Eddie's one of those guys where I like Eddie. I understand where people go, uh, sometimes. I get it. I do. Eddie, I don't know. I have like conflicting st- uh, feelings when it comes to Eddie Trunk. I mean, like I think he's done a lot for this scene, no doubt about that. Ah,
2: he's he's got the job we all wish we had.
3: Oh, I exactly. But but at the same time, I think what bothers me as a fan about Eddie sometimes is that he's he. Um, You know, because I'll even hear him complain about, oh, there's, you know, no real new good. And I'm going, dude, there's all kinds of bands. And in his power, he could really shed the light on some of these new wave of traditional metal, new wave of thrash metal bands that are fucking amazing. You got all Mm -hmm. these doom metal and stoner metal bands that are coming out of the fucking metal works. Like, I'm going, bro. You know, like, you've got a lot more power than I do. You could really shine the spotlight on those type of bands. That's my only real complaint about him, though. But, Other than that, I don't really have any issues with
0: But it. can he? We're talking about, a, you know, corporate music. You know, you have to be signed. You have to be on all these FM radio stations before, you know, things like Sirius even pick them up. I mean, come on, he's talking about Dirty Honey now, but people knew about Dirty Honey years ago.
2: I like them better when they were called Tora Tora.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, Fair enough. All righty then. Shots fired from Mr. Uh, Sinzak. I, I,
2: I don't mind Dirty Honey, but the first time I heard him, I was like, dude sounds just like Anthony Corder. Sounds just like him.
3: He does. Now that, uh, You know, I never really thought about that, uh, Chris, until you... <laughs> pointed that out man because i mean honestly tour tour is somebody that's always been like kind of there i don't really know a whole lot about them i've heard a few songs but i'm not real familiar with them but i my exposure to dirty honey is i saw them live i seen them open up for the black crows last year mm-hmm. and i thought they were really really good i liked them and then i went and got their records uh, yeah. but yeah I, I discover all kind of, you know especially with Bandcamp, and also being the co-owner of an online radio station we get music literally handed to us on a constant basis, but even so, man, I get I, I get turned on to new bands because of that Bandcamp, even listening to you guys, your new noise, man. That that band that um the bass player from the original bass player from Accept's sons band, I really like them. Oh yeah,
2: that uh, Howling Giant. Yeah, they're good.
3: Yeah, they're really fucking cool, man. So. Thank you
2: for turning me on to those guys. Oh I know. And uh, I do have to correct you. Those are the Fresh Blood episodes. The new noise is us talking about rock news.
3: Oh, that's right. Right. Yeah. Fresh Blood. Yeah. You're yeah.
2: right. But if you... Um, if you it, 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 I, had a, I had quite a bit of indie, independent-related stuff um, on our Best of 2021 episode. So I had to, and I, I hope that helped those bands, you know, with our, our minuscule audience. But I just I tried not to go with all the obvious choices. But, uh, yeah, I found right. some some really good stuff that, you know, you got to dig for it. But that's, you know, sometimes that's half the fun is uh, finding the, the, the diamond in the rough, so to speak.
3: Yeah, I hear you, man. Well, for me, it's always like that's always been one of my uh, when I hear people online say that I'm like, dude, you have the Internet. There's no fucking excuse. When I had to fucking when I was a kid, I lived in a rural area. Metro St. Louis area, but on the Illinois side. And I didn't have a car. So getting to the mom and pop record stores, it may have been, may as well have been a world away. You know what I mean, Chris? Mm -hmm. So it was like, I don't want to hear about. I mean, there's, it's all you got to do is go on YouTube and just fucking type in new traditional metal or whatever. And there's going to be a shit ton of bands that'll come up. You'll find something you like. I guarantee you. Oh, hell yeah. You
0: know,
3: I mean, it's just kind of, it's just, it just kind of, that, when I also, like, if I go out somewhere and I wear my Death Angel hoodie, and somebody goes, oh, man, are they still doing it? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Really, dude? Like, you know, and all they know is, like, the first three albums they don't know anything about, and I'm going, dude, they're, again, internet, no excuse. Yeah, not people accessible. like me that says, who the fuck is Death Angel? Oh, boy. Yeah. That well, that's because you're be kind of, you. you're, well, Bushy, you know, you are who you are. <laughs> Sorry, we can't always name drop the new Debbie fucking Gibson album. Fuck. <laughs> Hey, speaking
0: of Deb, uh, Debbie Gibson, her mother just passed no. away, so rest <laughs> in peace. <laughs> Who passed no. away? Debbie Gibson's mom. Oh, well, my condolences. Well, yeah, I mean, we don't have to be dicks. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, can,
2: we, can we also put out some condolences for Paul Stanley's voice?
0: Oh, please,
1: oh, please oh. do.
0: That's great. I should have sent Chris a whole bunch of different sal beds to put into his uh his 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 what what the fuck is that thing?
2: Uh what's called a roadcaster.
0: Yeah. Nice. <laughs> they would they would fit you this gotta show.
1: Tonight, then I'll <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I'm just working on a
3: Drunk.
2: Me too. I'm uh, I'm drinking the hard stuff, the hard seltzer. Yeah, tropical really... tropical mango.
3: I can't really drink at all because I got to work in a couple hours. It fucking oh. sucks.
2: Man. Sucks to be you. It,
3: it <laughs> does. It does indeed. It does.
0: Well, let's let's uh, let's get into this. First of all, I would like to address uh, Metal Mike is a survivor, two time. He but, just he just got over COVID a second time. How are you oh, feeling? Geez. How did it go?
3: I, I, honestly, dude, it was just like the last time. I felt like it was a summer cold. I didn't have a fever. I didn't really have any of the major symptoms. I was kind of tired you know worn out but other than that that was it i mean it wasn't that it's like i I don't know man in fact i was kind of half pissed off because i had shit i had to do the next day and because they called me and said hey you got covid so you got to go home and by the way you got to be you know freaking quarantined for the next five days i wasn't able to get stuff that i needed done done but hey it is what it is
0: yeah, we're all going to get the Omicron, but we're glad you're okay, brother. Uh, Thank you. You know, we came back from rock and pot, and I came back unscathed. And that's all I really cared about.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, wish I had. My wife and I
2: both got the shit. Did you? Yeah, it's. Uh, it took me about a month to get over all of it.
0: Holy cow! So you yeah. never made that public, so I, I, I guess I didn't even realize it.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I was, and a lot of it was, I, you know, it was, wasn't. I mean, I took care of myself, obviously, but I mean, I. Um, I was more worried, you know, I had several friends that, that attended that, that wound up getting it. And I was worried about them, you know, including Ian, you know, I was texting Ian on a daily basis and I was like, are you okay? And he's like, ah, oh, I feel like shit. I don't know what's wrong. And, and then, uh, the Mooger Fuger, he got it bad. He wound up in the hospital. It was oh, so bad. Shit. Oh, shit. Um, but he got over it thankfully, but the, he was like within an inch of getting put on a ventilator. It was oh, so damn. bad. Oh, yeah. My I don't mean to share his, his business, but I don't think he'd mind, but uh.
0: He, don't, he doesn't listen yeah. to this. <laughs> well, I mean, who, who does? Who does Bushy? No, nobody. No. Nobody. No, I'm just I, I, I saw in a Facebook group, some one of these podcasting groups, somebody was bitching about listens. And why should I go on? I get no downloads. And I'm like,
2: it's not about it. that.
0: Yeah, do it because you enjoy doing it. Do it because of the community. and And that's all you have to worry about.
2: That's all you need to worry about. And like I, you know, we've done well over the years, but I mean it's like we're never going to rival Joe Rogan or Eddie Trunk or anybody like that. So it's like, you know, stop worrying about numbers, just ha- enjoy the people that do listen to your show and be happy with it.
3: Yeah, I don't pay attention to any of that shit. I never have, man, about what how many numbers we get, and all yeah. that. I mean, you
1: I gotta, don't really give a fuck.
3: Yeah, well you got to I... show up first to worry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, damn. <but. laughs>
2: Am I gonna play Doctor Phil during I mean, this episode? H-
3: hold on to that. This guy is gonna <laughs> preach to me about showing up. That's funny. He's
0: the he's That's the most funny. canceled show on fucking that metal station.
1: <laughs>
0: huh. I uh, I'm, I'm looking for something because it was okay. Yeah, this is from that same group. Um, it's a meme, so I don't know how accurate it is. People, uh, if your new episode gets within seven days of its release. More than 26 downloads, you're in the top 50% of podcasts. Which, hey, Mike, guess what? We're in the top 50. Oh, yeah. Me too. That's awesome. More than 72, uh, you're in the top 25. More than 231, top 10. More than 539, top 5. And if you get more than 3,062 downloads within seven days of your newest episodes, you are in the top 1% of podcasts. All
1: right.
0: So we are definitely not 1%. No.
1: No.
2: <laughs> no comment.
0: <laughs> well, we're happy for your success, Chris. Hey, did you did you did you know, Metal Mike? Chris is getting paid now, man. He's with Pantheon. I know, I know. Congratulations, man.
2: Uh, thank you very much. I mean, yeah. he's not,
0: he's not getting that Corey Taylor money, but still. <laughs> now, Corey Taylor wishes he made the kind of money I make. Come on. <laughs> Joshua Toomey, please. I'll take that as a slide on you. What you want at one time too.
2: <laughs> yeah, but but what does Corey Taylor think about that? Let's go to Blabbermouth.
1: <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> man, no shit, man. They all
3: podcasts suck. They should just call that the Corey Taylor um, Mouth. Well, yeah,
2: thing. he 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 is the Blabbermouth apparently. Yeah, I like yeah. I posted the other day because like some I, it was what was it? Uh, it was a headline was Corey Taylor thinks the Beatles uh, Get Back documentary is great, and I'm like, well, no shit. And then, and it's like you know, and I think I posted something like, "Oh, look, Corey had another thought. I'm glad the blabbermouth there to document every single one of them."
0: Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what the real news was is that Bushy said, "Did it have to be eight hours? It could have been forty minutes tops."
2: Uh, We're not getting into a Beatles argument today, Bushy. I'm not doing that.
0: (laughs) Actually, played the Beatles on my show today.
2: Well, although my wife and daughter agree with you. They like the Beatles, but they're like, I don't need to watch eight hours of them in a studio. Oh, no. I, 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 no.
3: I do have to be honest. I thought the first part was really cool, but I'm still, like, in the middle of the second part. It's like yeah. I'm having a hard time finishing it.
2: Yeah, it drags a little bit
3: on the screen. It does one. drag. It does. Yeah. But, I mean, it's still cool, you know. But, oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, I mean, like, I thought the first part was really, really good. And then the second part, I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. And then I'm like, all right, I'm starting to
2: well, – I get a little, and, little more here. I used to play in bands and I did a little bit of studio work and, <clears throat> but I would tell you know t- it's fascinating as a music nerd to watch it. But you know I told my wife I was like this is proof positive because like you know I, when I was playing in a band I was partying a lot more back in those days with sure. you know stuff I shouldn't have been messing around with. But. Sure. And you Let's talk out. about
0: those stories.
2: Well, we can, but I mean, we're we're I'm hanging out with people that also do that, and then like I'm like, well, I gotta go, I gotta go to the studio and record, and the, they're always like, oh, well, let me go with you, it'll be fun, and I'm like, it is not gonna be fun, and I told them, I'm like, it's boring, the studio is not glamorous, it's boring as shit, and they show up, and then after hearing me do a guitar overdub on the same track for an hour and a half, right. they're like, okay, yeah, I want to leave. I was like, yeah. Unless you're a musician, you're not gonna have a good time in a studio.
0: Well, that's like no. uh, I never got into the studio. Although me and a buddy did record on a four-track uh, recorder. I guess it's studio-ish. Studio-ish. <laughs> yeah, well, same idea. We didn't have some guy there saying, "Look, do it this way." I used to have a Fostex
2: four, four-track recorder at my house, nice. and that was fun. That was fun to record on.
0: Yeah, they're always fun. But just, just uh, rehearsals are practice. We always called it practice. We weren't so vain that we thought it was
1: rehearsals. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's it's a mind-numbing experience. There's normally sure. a, a shitload of infighting. There's yep. always somebody that thinks, no, we should do it this way, we should do it that way. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's a big old pain in the ass. You know, I, I, I crack jokes on my daughter about how, you know, you killed my rock and roll dreams when really it was her mother who said, Look, you're out on the weekends. Every weekend, you're not coming home till four o'clock in the fucking morning. You quit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Why do you think I started a podcast? (laughs) Because I had to get out of bands.
0: (laughs) It's so much easier. Podcast (laughs) or radio is so much easier.
2: At least I'm at home doing it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, Chris, we are happy to have you on. I, you know, I I really do appreciate you doing this. Uh, We'll get Camaro on, but now I have to listen to the two-part wrestling episode he's doing. I might not even fucking need him anymore. (laughs)
2: No, Aaron's got stories for days about his wrestling days
0: I bet he does And I really want to talk to him about it But, man, I tell you uh, This is our official first episode of 22 Uh, Our end of 21 didn't come out Well, because I'm a slacker Until (laughs) after the new year Man, the entertainment industry Has suffered some iconic losses uh, Between the end of 21 And, uh, you know, starting with uh, 22 Uh, It for me The biggest one for me is Betty White She was just shy of 100 years old, and it's kind of expected. I mean, she's 99 years old, but that one, I think, really hurt the most. Can we think in the entertainment industry, because remember, Chris, this is music and more. Right. Can we think of a more kind and more hilarious comedian woman artist than Betty White I mean she was groundbreaking first female producer ever in Hollywood I mean even before uh uh Lucille Ball it it really hurt because I knew that uh I knew that for her birthday there was going to be a live well I guess it wasn't live stream they pre-recorded it because they still release it
2: I uh, I hope it wasn't a live stream (laughs) I know right
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, they were releasing a movie about her birthday celebration, so obviously they did it early. She uh, suffered a stroke on Christmas Day, passed away on New Year's Eve. What are your guys' thoughts on Betty White? I mean, indifferent? Were you guys Golden Girls fans or pre-Golden Girls fans? I mean, what do you guys think?
3: Well, Chris is our guest. Let's him,
0: let oh, him go okay.
2: first. Um, well, I mean, I you know yeah, I thought it I thought it sucked, you know. I mean, she was... Uh... She was an icon, you know, and even though you know we're all rock and roll guys and everything, she was just somebody who kind of crossed over into just the public consciousness in general. So, I mean, it's, even aside from the Golden Girls thing, she just sort of became, <coughs> excuse me, she became, you know, famous just for being Betty White. Which, uh, if you can become famous for just being yourself, um, no disrespect to Kim Kardashian, that that's a that's a big deal. Um, but I mean. You know, Betty White didn't do a sex tape. Which I was going is to shame. say
0: Betty White didn't have to do a porno to get banged. Yeah.
2: Although I heard her and Ray J hooked up a couple of times, but uh, <laughs> no. Um. But well, no, I, I think if you uh, see the
0: roast of William Shatner, she may have banged the Shat.
2: Yeah, she might have. And which I, <laughs> which you know, he's almost like ninety now, oh, so I, know. Like, Don't I, I worry going about going him too. Don't get me
0: going there. Don't get me going there.
2: Which you know i know we talking about betty white but how amazing is it when william shatner goes up in space i thought that That's was awesome,
0: awesome. catching um, Kirk goes to space at 90 years old is probably yeah. the greatest story i would seen all year
2: that was my favorite story of the year last year um but, but yeah betty white um awesome lady you know great career in hollywood a, a bit of a groundbreaker and uh you know i posted on social media the day she died i was like is anyone else worried that even betty white doesn't want to go into 2022 and she checked out
1: oh for um, real
2: yeah, like, what the hell's in store for us now? But uh, but no, she's going to be missed, Um, and I loved her on the Asylum Tour.
0: <laughs> Great bass player. Great bass yeah. player.
2: No, that was Maud. That was Maude of Thunder. Yeah,
0: it was B- oh, Arthur, Maude of Thunder, nice. <laughs>
1: Speaking
3: of her, apparently she, knew, she didn't like uh, Betty White, and I'm going, oh, well, you know, she always had resting bitch face anyway, and I'm like, oh, well, then that must explain it, because I just don't see how you could not like Betty White. I mean, I didn't know the woman personally, but from all accounts of everybody who's ever worked with her, known her, the woman was an absolute sweetheart, funny as hell. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean... Well, let me
2: just interject real fast. The fact that three middle-aged white dudes on a rock podcast are talking about her, that tells you how much of an impact she had.
0: Exactly. The the fact that a 99-year-old woman passed away, and we are hurt by it and thought it was too (laughs) soon, says an awful lot.
3: Exactly. Exactly exactly and i, I remember betty because my dad and mom used to watch mary tyler moore and she's yeah. a major character on that show and then of course my mom my grandmother loved the golden girl so i watched that show with her so yeah betty was kind of like a fucking family friend or something to me you know so yeah it, I, I mean i remember i was in cincinnati when i heard and i was like oh bummer man it was just like even though like you said she's 99 you know it's coming but it was still kind of like well that just sucks man and what a shitty way to read in the new year. You know what I mean? I was like,
2: well, fuck. Yeah, and also I'm horrible. in my God. I mean, how, how amazing was the golden girls? You know, it's like a oh, great show, you know, uh, when it, when it, and I remember when it was brand new, we were well, living with my grandmother at the time. It was kind of a hard time for my parents. And, um, but my mom and my grandmother bonded over that show. And I remember when I first saw them watching it, <clears throat> they'd be cackling like crazy. And I'm like, well, just, this seems like a show for old women. And then I'd sit down and watch it, and I'm like, damn, the, the writing on this show is fucking amazing.
3: It was, it you was know,
2: it fantastic.
0: Was yes, it was. The writing and the fact that you could have a three-minute span of just these women looking at each other, <laughs> yeah. and, it, and it would be hilarious. Because I, I love the three-camera comedy. I don't like this one-camera shit. I think they need to get rid of it. But you get the three-camera, you know, situational comedy, and you would have, you know. Rue uh, Rue McClanahan would just cut her eyes. And then, uh, fuck Maude, B. Arthur, would uh, cut her eyes a certain way. And then Rose, a.k.a. Betty White, just sitting there looking oblivious to everything. It it was some of the best filming in a sitcom. Some of the best timing in any comedy. And those ladies, they were just, they could melt your heart because back in the 80s, every sitcom had to have a moral and same thing into the 90s and we will get into that here in a few minutes because we lost another great one in the comedy world but i i I think golden girls let me tell you what i still watch golden girls on tv land i am still a fan of that show so yeah rest in peace betty white uh boy that that would really hurt but if a a, a couple days before she went We're all football fans. John Madden. Yeah. Come on. Him and Pat Summerall are probably the greatest commentary, you know, play-by-play commentary team in the NFL. I'm a video game guy. I don't play a lot of games, but I will tell you what. Madden is a game that I've been playing since its inception back when it was a PC game, and I moved to the PlayStation, because <laughs> in the army I used to play uh, Madden '97. Right. You know, uh, th- that one that would really hit hard. Uh, even though we haven't heard him in several years, uh, what are your guys' experience with uh, with Madden? Good commentator. I mean, he's kind of like that that uh, that other guy whose name I can never remember, but he makes the same noises, but he's never as good. With the laser pointer on the screen, <laughs> circling guys, as Madden was. Sinzak, what do you think about Madden? I mean, that one—that one sucks.
2: This one, you know, Madden was an interesting thing for me because when I was a teenager, you know, that was—it was right when I was in high school that he signed the the deal to go to Fox, and he came over and started doing sh- games on Fox, and Fox was trying to be all cutting edge, but then you got Madden being old school. And with all the boom and then the stuff, and like, I, I'm not gonna lie because, like, yes, it sucks that he died, but I hated him at that point in time, <laughs> mostly because he would just basically tell you the most obvious shit on TV,
0: and it used to annoy me. So well, like, this has been the plug podcast with Bushing and him out. We'll awesome. see you next week.
2: <laughs> but, I, but, like, let me explain. Yeah, like, Joe Montana, Joe Montana would be on the screen, and it would be a, a, the screen would be Joe Montana's head, as big as the screen. What does Madden do? He circles his head. Here's the quarterback right here, and I'm like, well, no shit, John. And you know, and he would say stuff like, you know, if the if the if the quarterback throws the ball to the receiver and and then the receiver gets into the end zone, that that's usually a touchdown. I'm like, well, no shit. You know, like he I used to. He did well, over
3: explain things. I mean,
2: well, but did. I mean, but but let me explain that. But then he, you know, he but then as I got older. And, like, as, you know, more stuff got reliable on, like, analytics and the science of everything and next-gen stats and all that crap, I was just kind of like, you know what? I kind of like John Madden because it's like having your drunk uncle sit next to you watching a game and explaining it to you. And, like, uh, the the documentary that about him came out on Christmas Day, and it was like, what, like, within 24 hours he died. And
0: uh, Yeah, three days.
2: Yeah, three, three days. days. Yeah. And but the documentary and, you know, and also, you know, just the amount of time that it's passed since he's been on TV. I'm like, you know, I didn't appreciate this guy as much in the de- back in the day as I should have. And like also, I mean, look at the guy's coaching record. I hate the yeah. Raiders and I always will. But um the guy's coaching record was fucking stellar. Yeah. And is. it you know one of the greatest coaches of all time and like he doesn't sure. really get enough credit
3: for that you know definitely yeah see when i think of john i try to remember that because there's a little boy and i mean i was a little guy but you know my my team was the steelers and i remember those old steeler raiders games you know when i was a little kid you know and i mean intense my you know um you know my uh, my next door neighbor's dad. He was a big Steeler fan. That's how I got into him, and we would we would watch those games on TV. You know, the championship games, and I mean. The Raiders and the Steelers would just clobber the fuck out of each other, man. So, and yeah, that was my earliest memories of Madden. And then, of course, when he went to TV. But yeah, it got to a point where he did, like, he'd be like, "Well, whatever team scores the most points is going to win." It was like, "Well, no shit, coach." <laughs> you
1: know what I mean? But, but I mean, like, but
3: I did, I did like but, all the, the uh, I liked all the
2: sideshow stuff with the Madden Cruiser, and I liked the turkey yeah. legs on Thanksgiving and oh, yeah. the All Madden oh, yeah, team. Yeah,
0: six-legged turkeys.
2: Yeah, the yeah. turducken. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was. I loved all that. Cause it was just, it was like a, an annual tradition. So it's like something yeah. my family and I used to laugh at, but it's um but no, he's definitely missed. He, he seemed like a great guy.
0: Yeah. yeah he, um, uh, for me, it was a matter of, I like stupid humor. I just do. I like Leslie Nielsen. I like Mel Brooks. I like the Marx brothers for Christ's sakes. Oh, and I, I always took it as, I mean, for, you know, per your example, Chris, Joe Montana, all you see is his head, and he's circling the head. <laughs> that is hilarious. That is just brilliant comedy. And I don't. I think Madden could have done stand-up. Now his whole ten minutes or whatever on stage would have been nothing but football, and he would have been the he would have needed the laser circler and a play-by-play. You know, play. But that shit would kill all day long and twice on Tuesday, even Sunday. Absolutely amazing. I I definitely miss him. Uh, Boy, it's been rough, and I know we have some musicians, but I want to go as they passed away. So we've gotten through, you know, Betty White on New Year's Eve, Madden on the 28th of uh, December of last year. Man, Bob Saget, January 9th.
2: And let me just say, Bushy, thanks for bringing me on for such an uplifting episode.
0: (laughs) We'll get to the good stuff later. I want to see what you guys think. Yeah. Because Saget is a guy that I knew nothing about. Okay? I knew full house because, Chris, I think you and I are closer in age. I think Metal Mike is older. I, I, I could be wrong. Uh, I'll be 47 next month. Chris, how old are you? I'm 45. Okay. Well, fuck. Fuck you then. And I know Mike's fifties, <laughs> so. 51,
3: but yeah. And who's there, counting, man? There we go.
0: But Saget, I knew nothing but Full House. That's all I knew. I didn't know his stand-up. And I was uh, well-versed in Dennis Leary and George Carlin and Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy and all these guys. I had never seen his stand-up. And as a kid in the mid-'80s, you know, moving into the early-'90s, dude, I thought Stamos was cool because he was the rock and roll guy. And Dave Coulier was fucking retarded.
1: <laughs> <And
0: it's laughs> Alanis Morissette agrees with you. <laughs> well, she should. But then you got Saget, who was always a dad. He was the voice of reason. Uh-huh. You know, he was the moral center. And then you see him on America's Funniest Home Videos. And then I discover this movie, what Dave Chappelle called half baked. Oh, that's amazing! And and Dave Chappelle goes to rehab. <laughs> because he's addicted to marijuana And Bob Saget stands up and says I used to suck dick for coke You ever suck dick for weed And dude my jaw hit the floor
2: <laughs> because I'm totally had... isolating that audio And using it on my show
0: <laughs> Please do <laughs> but, I, but I had never heard Any of his comedy Anything that was raunchy Now since then I've seen a lot of his stand up specials And I own the, um, the Aristocats which is probably the filthiest joke of all time, and Sagan does a really, really good job of telling that filthy story. What what was your guys's introduction to Sagan? Because that dude is filthy. He's probably the you cannot use fuck, shit, and cunt that many times in a single joke.
2: <laughs> all right. No, I um, much like you, I mean, I discovered him through Full House. That was kind of that was the introduction, uh, and then with America's Funniest Home Videos, but like that was like a, a Sunday evening tradition at my house when I was a kid. It was you would watch American Gladiators and then America's Funniest Home Videos would come on right after it. And so it was like, you know, and it was always harmless jokes, you know, and right. Sag Sagitt always kinda came came off very uh, you know, I guess just kinda lightweight, just, you know, cheesy. But that's what, you know, ABCs owned by Disney, I think, even think they were even back then and it was very family friendly. So um, but I I respected him, you know, I thought he did a good job. Full House was a, a you know, that's one that's another show that hasn't really aged well. If you go back and watch the old episodes it's like oh, no. wow, all, all, all your problems are wrapped up in 30 minutes. It's amazing. <laughs> um but uh but no, but then I became probably in the mid 2000s I became a comedy nerd and I was a, I always loved stand up when I was a kid, but I really did a deep dive into it back then and, like, got obsessed with stuff about the comedy store and all the people that came through there. And um, that was when I discovered the other side of Bob Saget. And, uh, you know, the half bake thing, I do remember. But by that point, I had already kind of figured out his... Uh, I, I knew a little bit about his history. But no, no, he was, like, one of the dirtiest comedians that was on the circuit at the time, and um, which made it even more impressive that he pulled off the Danny Tanner role and the host of America's Funniest Home Videos, because... He was ev- anything but that on those shows, but True. um, but no, and like you know, I, I saw all the tributes when he passed away, and like that, like the over the overrunning theme was he cared more about everyone else than he did about himself. He was always looking out for everyone else, and uh, maybe to a fault, you know. I know he did have some drug issues. Um, I don't think drugs were involved. With I think it was just a heart attack. I think is what they basically confirmed. With uh...
0: I, I think you're right. I think it was just yeah. one of those. He went and what what I read, I, and I haven't heard any toxicologies or anything like that. But but what I read was the way they found him on the bed is his hand over his heart, him laying on the bed. You know, mm-hmm. no signs of any foul play or any drugs or anything no. in his room. Nothing was even out of place. I think it was a matter of he had a killer set. Cause he was on tour, which I think yeah. is the most heartbreaking, you know, part he was on tour and he went back to his room and dropped at 65 and man, it just sucks. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, that's, uh, I just, I got a different view on, I mean, yeah, it would be great for him to be around longer, obviously, especially for his wife and his kids, but you know, you're, you're we're all going to go when we go, you know, it's, uh, you know, whether you get to live a long life or not, um. But I do think that it seems like he had made peace with everything and, you know, he beat over it, beat his addictions and he got back into comedy and he was doing what he loved and I don't know. And then he, and you know, I think he passed in his sleep. So like, I mean, we should all be so lucky to go that way, but, uh, you know, he's going to be missed for sure. But, uh, I, I, I the, all the tributes that poured in for the guy after he died, I think that speaks a lot to who he was.
0: Absolutely. I hear he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, which is contradictory to the, Filthy stand-up he did. <laughs> Metal Mike, uh, Bob Saget fan? Not a fan. I mean,
3: um, I liked Bob. Yeah. Um, I, I gotta be honest, I never really watched Full House. Um, again, I'm older than you guys, so by the time that show hit the air, I was like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I did watch America's Funniest Home Video from time to time, and and I knew about Bob because again, I had HBO, and and they would have like, I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. But Rodney Dangerfield would always have these specials where he would, you know, help break in a lot of these young comedians. And I'm pretty damn sure Bob was one of them. So I knew about his, that because his, yeah, I remember some people being just shocked when they would see his stand up on HBO or somewhere. And it wasn't what they thought it was going to be because of the America's Funniest Home Video. And, and, and uh, his that what the fuck's that show called? Uh, the Full House house, you know because of that they were like oh my god you know it was well uh, buddy hackett was the same way man a lot of, you know he did all these disney movies everything was just this sweet fat guy buddy hackett was filthy oh, i mean sexual fucking deviant filthy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, filthy, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: filthy and um you know i'd uh, rather talk about Sanford sanford's son or red fox and buddy hackett <laughs>
1: <laughs> for real
3: but 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 again you know Sanford said you know but what i'm trying to say is that dichotomy you got buddy hackett who was fucking this disney you know he did these silly disney movies and i remember the first time i saw his stand-up i was like holy shit man i didn't know he was like that at all you know so um there's a lot of comedians that are like that like you know their their, their television work is different from their stand-up because with stand-up you know you're in a you know different environment you can do whatever you want so i mean i liked bob i wasn't like a huge fan but i thought he was funny and like i'm with chris it it, you know i feel for his family and his kids and and all that uh more than anything man but you know he had a good career and he had a good life from what i could see so overall so you know i mean and he left his mark he touched a lot of people's lives so you know that's
0: that's definitely true uh the next one i want to talk about and uh Chris dropped a bomb. Chris and Aaron dropped a bomb on me last night. This one this one bothers me more now than it did when it happened. Okay. Me both passed away on the twentieth of January, just uh, just just a short while ago. Chris, you were working on getting him for rocket pot? Is that the way I'm understanding what was said well, last night? Cause I was kind of cocked.
2: Well, I was <laughs> me too.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I saw the show.
2: <laughs> no, I um, I was gonna approach him. Um, that was, but I mean, you know, he recently he moved here like last year, and I do have a couple of connections of people that are connected to him. So I was, and and like I, got, and I can't really spoil much right now. But I mean, I think we're basically good to go with our venue and date. I just have to get final approval. But um, once I get that, and I can really roll with. Uh, guest bookings and stuff and you know he moved here not long ago and I was gonna reach out to him and try to get him to come but uh, but now yeah, I because I've always respected the guy I mean Bad Out of Hell is one of the best selling albums of all time of any oh, genre so yeah, it's amazing. Um, so yeah I was definitely gonna try to approach him because uh, you know he's the guy's got quite a career for sure
0: yeah both as an actor and as a singer I mean him and uh, uh who the fuck was the writer Damn it.
2: Jim Steinman.
0: Steinman, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And he
0: died. He from, died like a year ago. Like a year ago, yeah. Uh I love Bat of Hell. I'm not a huge fan of his next album. Uh Bat Outta Hell 2, Back Into Hell, mm-hmm. I think is brilliant. And I think if people don't sit down and listen to Life is Eleven, then they are missing out on some of the greatest things. That you know Meatloaf has ever done because everyone thinks of you know, I would do anything for love, and of course, title track off A Bat Out of Hell and uh, the stupid two out baseball of three. song. Two out of three. Look, let me tell you about two out of three ain't bad. This is how dark my sense of humor is. That song cracks me up. It's great. It makes me laugh hysterically because it's it's the rawest thing you can say to somebody, I want you. I need you, <laughs> but there ain't no way I'm ever going to love you. Yep. <laughs>
2: it's, it's, it's like, I'm totally, I'm going to fuck you and I'm going to tell you to leave. That's, that's basically what
0: that sounds like. It's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big Meatloaf fan. I really love him as the big titted guy. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, Fight Club. <laughs> if I could Fight Club. <laughs> great yep. actor, great musician. I actually got to hear Meatloaf live. I didn't get to see him. He was playing in Watertown, New York. For whatever reason, I couldn't score tickets. Meatloaf sold out fast coming to that small city. But I lived just a few blocks over from where he was performing. It was a summertime show. It was outdoor. So I got to hear him from, you know, a few blocks away. And even from a few blocks away, it was brilliant. Now, I wish I could have seen him. But it was brilliant. I'm always going to be a f- uh, you know a huge fan of the meat. Wait, no, I didn't mean to say
2: <laughs> that. <laughs> I'm that. I'm taking that audio too.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, god damn it, oh, metal Mike. Watch. What do you think of Meatloaf? We got to get rid of this that guy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's no, recording I, shit.
3: <laughs> I like Meatloaf, man. He he, you know, he pretty cool, like Bad Out of Hell. Some of his um, classic songs. Great voice. Loved him in Rocky Horror. Thought oh, he was yeah. great uh, in Fight Rock Club. Good call. But, you know, a lot of some people forget that he actually's on uh, Ted Nugent's Free For All. He actually he's great recorded, on that. And he's great on that. He, he did five of the tracks out of the nine albums of the tracks, man, and just phenomenal uh, stuff. And I think that's a great record anyway, you know, because I guess uh, at the time, Nugent and Derek St. Holmes were kind of at odds and they weren't, you know, getting along. So they brought Meatloaf in, man, and um, just some fantastic fucking vocal work on that album but yeah meatloaf man a uh, great performer and he's scott ian's uh, father-in-law so you know um that's pretty cool oh i i don't even think i knew that yeah yeah uh, uh scott's I, married to his daughter pearl
2: yeah i have a story about them if you want to hear it
0: sure them. well i absolutely do but i god i wish this was a video thing because what's his daughter look like because i've seen the meat
2: she's cute He's not
0: attractive man.
2: She's not his biological daughter. Oh, okay. she, was, she was very, very, very young when he met her mother. Oh, and that was ah. back back in the seventies. And if you watch the horribly produced VH1 movie about Meatloaf, you'll see that. But um, no. Uh, Is
0: it better or worse than the uh, Def Leppard? Because I'm here to tell you, Chris. Last night you were talking about what a shitty. Movie that oh, is, I yeah. enjoyed the VH1 Def Leppard movie. <laughs> well, she, what is wrong with you? A lot. There's a list, man.
2: Well, then, then you'll think that the Meatloaf <laughs> movie is Citizen Kane by comparison. Oh, um, Rosebud, I'm in. Yeah, Rosebud. Um, but no, I, uh, my, my wife was, um, my wife. Barfing <laughs> boring. Um, <laughs> now, um, my wife was managing an Irish pub downtown. This is boy, this must have been like 17 years ago, a long time ago. Not long after we got married. And the, this town, this uh, Irish pub was like right on the edge of Music Row. So like a lot of celebrities would come in all the time. And like Doc McGee was a regular customer of hers. And uh, I can't remember why they were in town, but Scott Ian and Pearl, uh, Meatloaf's daughter, w- were in town for something. I don't know what. But uh, she calls me and she texts me that night. And she's like, you're never going to believe who's here. And I'm like, who? And she sends me a picture and it's a picture of Scotty in and Pearl sitting at the table. Oh shit. And she was wait, she was waiting tables to help out that night. And, uh, like she didn't know anything about them really. Um, but like somebody had told her, you know who that is. That's the guy from anthrax and that's meatloaf's daughter. And she's oh, okay. My And my wife, as you probably noticed, Bushy, she's, um, even at rock and pot she's she's not phased by famous people she's just like whatever Um, oh
0: she she does her thing yeah okay whatever jack move along
2: yeah (laughs) i'm like well yeah billy sheen came up to her at the beginning of the event last year and he's like i'm here for my interviews and she's like who are you
1: (laughs) god love her (laughs) yeah
2: but um uh but anyway uh apparently they both had a lot to drink that night and uh It just it wound up where Scott was actually nice. And I'm like, oh, so you're like the one person who's had a good experience with that asshole. But anyway, um, (laughs) uh, because he's a dick to his fans. But uh,
0: who is Scott Ian? Yeah,
2: I've heard that. I've
3: heard there's
2: so many bad stories about Scott Ian with fans. That sucks.
0: I want to talk to him about Battlestar Galactica. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. But uh, but apparently my wife wound up making out with uh, Meatloaf's daughter that night.
0: Wait, wait. Your wife made out with Meatloaf's daughter. She did. Where the fuck is that video?
2: I, I don't think I got caught on video. This is like the ah. uh, early 2000s. So
0: you was uh, so yeah, lucky. She, I would she, jerk off all over that.
2: Yeah. Well, I've jerked off to the thought. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and
0: then I, I jerked He jerks I, off to the thought. That's the, the thought of meat. The
2: thought of meatloaf makes it hard to jerk off. Not impossible, but hard.
0: <laughs> no, you oh, just so let him Pearl, sing Pearl's those great cute, songs. Man.
2: No, oh, she's very cute. Um, but uh, but but yeah, I was like, so was Scotty and nice. She's like, yeah, he was really nice. I'm like, okay, so you're the one person who had a good experience with him.
0: It, no, basically,
2: unless you're famous, Scotty and wants nothing to do with you.
0: Right. Well, then I won't reach out to him.
2: I mean, yeah, but you're <laughs> bushy, so you're famous.
0: Yeah, so. that's what they tell me. <laughs> Apparently I get carte blanche with Ian. I, I I called him up one night and he said he's busy. Can I call you tomorrow? I said, yeah, yeah, it's kind of important, but I could talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> and Duty called me right away. So he's like, No, you're Nate, man. We're good. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ian's a peach. Uh love that guy. Ian, Ian rules. He was funny as fuck last night <laughs> on, on on Friday Night Live. <laughs> yeah.
2: I knew immediately once I read some of the comments, I'm like, I know who Facebook user is now. That's Ian.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, the whole reason I had uh, asked Chris to be on is because, well, we need fucking numbers. It's the
1: real shotgun, <laughs> but also, Good luck, and man. I you intend to use it. <laughs>
0: And uh on, on this particular show, I don't know if you've ever done it on on, on Despa Geek. I'm sure you have. But uh, we've never talked about our top five KISS albums. I, I, I I've gone through this show with you know the number one song from each album, you know, with the great James West. Love you, James. And it was like a four and a half hour show. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to edit anything. Let's just do it. And people actually listen to that shit. That's your life is worse than mine. If you're going to listen to four and a half hours, of guy's talking about what your favorite kiss song is off each album. I'll probably do it. (laughs) It's great. It's four and a half hours. I mean, it's, it's my longest episode.
2: I work from home. I'm not going anywhere. Nice. Lucky.
0: (laughs) But yeah, we're going to talk about our top five kiss albums. Uh, I did make a stipulation, no live albums. Oh. Uh, sorry, Mike and Chris and uh, Bushy, because, frankly, Alive kills everything. Yeah. But I also said no compilation yeah, that's my number album. One.
3: I mean, no well, alive, alive is a very important record to me in many, many ways. Not just Sure. Because it was my introduction to Kiss. My older brother brought that home early, 76. I was five years old. It blew my mind. It, without that album, I don't know if I'd become the hard rock heavy metal fan that I became. And, well, and well,
0: I D- feel you. DJ feel Metal that.
3: Mike. I mean, I have to be honest, man. So yeah, it's a very important record to me. And it will always be my favorite. And I just think it is the greatest Kiss album ever. Sure, I don't give no fuck you know, you know, what anybody says. But that's just me. It's all subjective. so.
0: No, no, uh, I agree. And uh, I'm one of those guys that says there's no greater live album out there
3: and i See, know I there's
0: a lot that. of great live albums
2: i don't know thin Lizzy live and dangerous
0: that's a great record
3: that great record a great i got record. i got that double record too would, if, if we were doing top five or top 10 live albums that would definitely be on my list sure. unleashed in the east mm-hmm. another
2: one oh. although it's, or, it's kind of unleashed in the studio but i although Alive's not
3: that well, live well
0: so is alive yeah <laughs> alive but only kind of <laughs> yeah
2: but so I, I, are we I, are we not including solo records? Solo records
0: are okay. Well, oh, wow. fuck. Damn,
2: that changes things.
0: Yeah. Well. Same here. No, you I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna. Does do it have my... a Kiss logo on it? Well, I'm is gonna it a do. Co- is it a compilation record? No. Is it a live album? No. Well, my stipulation to both you gentlemen was no live albums, no All compilation, right. because smashes and thrashes and hits would have jumped into my top five. Oh, because, yes, fucks, I yeah. love Let's Put the X's Sex, and I prefer Eric Carr singing Beth to Peter Chris. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Hey, you
2: hey. really you really do smoke crack, don't
0: you? <laughs>
1: yeah. No shit. <laughs> <What> the fuck? <laughs>
0: so, That's, Chris, the conversation oh. you had with Ralph about my music taste in Florida is making a little more sense, ain't it? <laughs>
2: it's making a lot more sense.
0: But we're going to go down from number five to number one. Each of us. I'm not. I'm not doing. I'm. I'm
2: not including solo albums in mine.
3: Okay. I don't think I will either. I'll I, give them honorable. I, I mention. have none in mine.
2: It's okay. Good then. We're on even footing then.
3: Yeah. Because I don't want to redo that all. But you know. But yeah. If we were doing top ten, definitely, uh, I would do a solo album. We all you, know which one.
0: Okay, so when we took all these things out, how hard was it for you guys? Because it was like kind of a bitch for me.
2: I just picked the ones that I go back to the most. That's what basically made my top five.
0: Same here. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right, then, let's get into this. This is The Plug Podcast featuring Chris Sinzak. Top five Kiss albums. And I don't have a cheesy graphic or Baco Sam and Brawl, but we're going to try this anyway. <laughs> top five Kiss albums. All right. Sit, you're number five
2: i'm gonna piss people off right from the from jump street here so um <laughs> my number five my first two picks are gonna piss people off i know it <laughs> so uh my first my number five is monster
0: interesting why
2: i think in like Anybody that actually knows me knows that I'm not a big fan of Tommy and Eric and the makeup and all that. I don't. I think it's stupid. I don't. Right. I, you know, it's dumb. Um, right. Well,
0: that's like seventy percent of the Kiss army.
2: Yeah, but uh, and I wasn't really a big fan of Sonic Boom. I thought it had a couple good songs. I thought Hell or Hell Hallelu- or thought the Modern Day Lilas" was okay. I thought City yeah. as okay. Yeah. Um, but it, overall, it was it sounded like Kiss trying to ape old seventies Kiss. Now, Monster though is. A more honest record, and I think that it's it's more of a love letter to their influences, and I'll explain why. Um, Hell or Hallelujah opens the album. Basically, that's the Deep Purple burn riff, which also Paul borrowed for I Stole Your Love. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Wall of Sound—that's a love letter to Helter Skelter by the Beatles. Just listen to the main riff. Freak is just—is it like a homage to um, Wild Thing by the Trogs that's something they would have grown up on. Um, Shout mercy. That's totally humble pie. Listen to I don't need no doctor and listen to Shout mercy back to back. It sounds like a, it's like that's where it came from. Uh, Long way down, shape of things by Jeff Beck Group. That's where the intro for that song came from. And like you could say they're ripping these artists off, but I do think it's an honest, like tip of the hat to their influences. And then. Um, Eat Your Heart Out also has like the the acapella intro. That's like 30 Days in the Hole by Humble
0: Pie. Oh, okay. Look, let me uh, interrupt you real quick, Chris. Thank you so much for liking Eat Your Heart Out. Dr. Fuck shits all over that song. I love that song. (laughs) And I am a huge fan of Eat Your Heart Out. And I love the acapella (laughs) intro to that Me (laughs) too.
2: It's like a, it's a tribute to Steve Marriott. And then... You know, and I, I'm not even a big fan of Out of This World by Tommy on it, but it, but like the main riff and the cowbell thing, that's Mississippi Queen by Mountain, who was a huge influence on Kiss. And then uh, All for the Love of Rock and Roll, that one that does borrow heavily from a song from the 70s by a, a kind of an unknown group. But Paul wrote that song and then gave it to Eric to sing. And then Paul later said, well, if I knew it was going to turn out that good, I would have taken it for myself, which is such a Paul thing to say.
0: Oh, well, of course it is.
2: But um, but no, I think this record is solid, man. I mean, the production. Yeah, the production sucks because they mastered it wrong. But I think uh, I think Monster is a great record. It's my number five.
0: That is badass. It would be in my top 10. It is not in my top five. Um uh, you could uh look at my YouTube channel, Hanging with Bushy, where I review Sonic Boom. I am not polite to it, but Monster is a great, great record. Even if it is Scab Kiss, they were doing their own thing, and you're right. Sonic Boom, they're just mimicking 70s Kiss. There were mm. a couple good songs, but it, it was not watch. original. It was not original. That, that's, that's shocking. Um, I really like that pick. Metal Mike, you're number five.
3: Um, no thoughts on monster. Huh? Interesting. Okay. Um,
0: now no, I, 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 I thought I gave thoughts on monster.
3: You did. No, you did. You didn't no. ask me my thoughts though.
0: Oh, well, what, what you... are your thoughts on monster?
3: Um, it's better than crazy. Nice and hot in the shade.
0: Ouch.
2: Prepare to be better angry.
3: Than, yes. Better than, <laughs> yes. <better> than, <laughs> Very much. So <laughs> better than, um, the elder, better than unmasked yeah sorry kiss fans everybody wants to put perfection no it's not unmasked no, no,
0: is garbage
3: it's fucking terrible that record is terrible the only good song on there is naked city as far as i'm
2: concerned um, tomorrow's I'm, good
3: but yeah, yeah I do it's like not tomorrow. a good record though man it's no not, it's not, not a good record i, I agree with you i you know, really think I mean, it's got two to three tops good songs that's it it's like yes. when people want to tell me that like you know it's this you know oh it's pop i'm like no if i want to hear power pop i listen to cheap trick bitch i don't want to listen to kiss sorry <laughs> you know it's just the way i look at it anyway but um uh yeah so it, you know it, it, it's like you said if you can get past the fact that you know because at the end of the day it's the music that matters right i mean You know, what I mean by that is people always go, "Oh, Kiss has always been so big because of the stage show and the makeup. Yes, that was part of it, but the music had to deliver. If it didn't, they would have been laughed at, you know? Sure. You you know what I'm trying to say? Like, nobody would have, they wouldn't have made it, I don't think, if it wasn't for, you know, I mean, we wouldn't be talking about this band 40-some-odd fucking years later if the music didn't matter.
0: Let me, let me my... ask you a question. It's been asked on the podcast, but I want to get your guys' opinion. Take away the makeup. Take away take away the flash pots and the big banner behind them. Kiss 1973-74, do they make it just on the merit of their music? No. See, I disagree. Metal Mike?
3: I don't know. All I can say is this is apparently... Uh, um... Neil Bogart wanted to, he signed them on the strength of their music alone. He had no idea they did makeup or any of that. He had no idea. And he actually tried to talk them out of not wearing the makeup. So take that as you will. You know, I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's a difficult thing. I don't okay. know if they would have or not. Well, let's not, let's not think too long on it. What's your number yeah. five? My number five is Love Gun. Um just a great record. I mean, for one, we got the first Ace Frehley vocal. Shock me! Great song. Great solo <laughs> sure. work. I mean, the opening track, I saved, your, I stole your love. Fucking come on, man. Um, but I like a lot of the other songs, like um, even Christine 16. It's poppy, and yeah, the lyrical content's totally like what the fuck, Gene. Especially nowadays in 2022, but still a great song. Hey, hey, um, that was
0: 1976. It was okay.
3: 77.
0: And, and it and it's still okay in the south.
3: Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> you know <laughs> but but um
0: speak for I, I,
2: yourself.
3: The only flaw I I don't mean me, I mean legally. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Sitzak <laughs> Yeah. Um all right then, man. So So what love I was going God. to Yeah, love gone, yeah, love gone. Um uh, even though I there is one flaw though, that then she kissed me shit, just yeah, I can go bye-bye i don't dig it didn't like it then don't like it now um but other than that i think it's a a terrific record and it's really in many ways like our our good friend ian wadley always says it was the last true kiss record what i mean by that is all four original members in the studio recording and writing the songs together it really was the last true kiss album and uh, i do uh, you know I do agree with him. Not not that I'm disparaging other records, because there's some other great records that I could put honorable mention to. But in my opinion, I do agree with Ian on that one.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Dude, it's a great album. Did not make my top five. But great album. Uh, My five, I don't know if you're going to be surprised or not. But uh, for me, man, Crazy Nights. And... A lot of that is because even though in 1983 my dad handed me the 1974 debut and uh, the 1975 Kiss Alive, Crazy Nights was the first new Kiss album I ever got. And I saw them when they they, uh, debuted their song, and they were doing the lip sync thing. Paul wasn't playing guitar. It was one of those late night talk shows. Man, Crazy Crazy Nights I immediately understood. It made sense to me. I know it's cheesy lyrics, you know, but you are my people. This is my crowd. This is our music. We love it loud. It spoke to me and it still speaks to me. I think I'll Fight Hell to Hold You is a great song. It's a power ballad without being a power ballad. Bang Bang You is everything I like about 80s glam metal. It's naughty, it's sexy, it's stupid. No, no, no. Probably some of Bruce's great guitar work. Hello, High Water. Yeah, You know, it, it. good. My Way. I know a lot of people don't like that song, man, but holy fuck. Paul is in the stratosphere singing that shit. When your walls come down, again, just sexy, naughty, filthy, reason to live. That's just a reason to bang your chick. Good Girl Gone Bad, Turn On The Night, Thief Of The Night. I think it's a great album. I know traditional Kiss fans do not like it. But fuck you, man. I discovered early Kiss before I discovered 80s Kiss. But 80s Kiss is my bread and butter. And that is my number five.
2: So you want me to go
0: to number four? Well, I was waiting to see if you guys were going to fuck with me. But... <laughs> well, I know well, Chris isn't. But, oh, hey, yeah, I know. Yeah. Shut up, Mike. Chris is with me on this one. But... I did. Yeah,
2: Let me go to number four. Yeah, please go to number four. Because my number four is Crazy Nights.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's my brother fucker right there. Okay. I don't know it if my brother would be happy if you calling me that. But, uh, no, I. Yeah, Matt, I, Metal Mike's ready to leave the stream right now. I know I
2: like like you and I are like the two most polarizing people on this episode for sure, um, but no I I this was the this album was my gateway into Kiss so like I was big into Poison Rat Molly Crew all that stuff, and then Kiss comes out with this album and they I you remember this Nate like the they had a shit ton of MTV airplay for this album. Yes, they,
3: they did. did. They did. I remember and, that.
2: And I was, you know, to this day, I'm a fan of power ballads. Maybe I have a high estrogen level. I don't know.
0: No, but it's okay. <laughs> every bad boy has a soft side.
2: That's right. Yeah, as the commercial from the 90s said.
0: Yes. Um, but yeah, no, I. <laughs> it is I, on TV, so it must be true.
2: Yeah. So Reason to Live
0: came out, and I loved it.
2: Also, they had a very hot chick in the video, so it's kind of like, wow, well, maybe I like Kiss. And then um, Turn On the Night came out, and I was like, holy shit, this is really good. And that was when my brother gave me his copy of his, *Of Alive*, and he was like, "That's not *Kiss*. This is *Kiss*. Listen to this." But then that that got me to do the deep dive into the old catalog. But um, but no, I love this record. Um, I don't necessarily agree with your favorite songs on it. I think *Bang Bang You* is garbage. Um, I'm not. I'm <laughs> not. I'm whoa, whoa, not a fan whoa. of *No No No*. Outside of the intro is great, and then the minute Gene starts singing, it goes into the dumpster. Um, what? But I. I, I love the title track. I think I'll, I'll fight hell or hold you's a great song. I love Hell or High Water. It's one of Bruce's best solos. Yes. Um, when your When your walls come down is a great sleaze rock type song. Oh. You know, here kitty kitty, here kitty kitty. Yeah, it's cheesy, yeah. but it's fun. Oh, um,
0: Chris, I'm blow you after this is over.
2: Ah, and then, uh, <laughs> Good Girl Gone Bad. It's a great Gene song. Um, I think Gene stuff has aged better than Paul's has from this record. And then um, Thief of the Night. Leaf in the Night, I'll take that over the Wendy Williams version any day. I think it's one of the best Kiss songs of the 80s. I love that oh, fucking song.
0: Great, great riff.
2: Oh, yeah. Everything
0: about that. Great solo. Yeah.
2: I think this al- I, I go back to Crazy Nights all the time. The, but yeah, just like you, it was the first brand new Kiss album that I ever bought. And um, yeah. But no, it's it's a killer record. I love it.
0: It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> Metal Mike, why do you not think Crazy Nights is a good you, album? You already know he's not going to like it.
3: <laughs> Um, several reasons, but you know what? I'll be, I'm gonna be a little different this time because believe it or not, no, give it to me. No, no, hey, I'll give it to you. Oh, rest assured, baby. But listen,
0: (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) we need to have Chris on every week. Chris to the the plug. (laughs) (laughs) Oh fuck. Um, We're lying. Chris is too big to join the plug.
3: He is, man. He's slumming oh, right goodness. here. Just... <laughs> but what I was going to say, though, um, about Crazy Nights, I know what they were trying to go for. And maybe for me, as a longtime fan, that was part of the problem. I'm not a fan of Bon Jovi. There's like maybe two songs of theirs that I actually uh, like. I've it never... doesn't sound like Bon Jovi. It's them trying to be fucking Bon Jovi, Bush. How I can mean, you deny <laughs> Even it. Even dumbest... I'll admit that. I love the record. Stop. but It's still trying to be dude. Bon Jovi. It is totally Bon Jovi <laughs> rip-off because that's all kids did after fucking Love Gun. Okay, you know, you know, they follow trends. Let's just be real about it. Okay. Yeah, and they were following the trends. Remember, they, they went up. back they got all heavy again with creatures and lick it up. Even Animalize. you know, I don't like every track, it's a heavy record. Even Asylum is, in my opinion, a metal album. I but like that. this but this was it was a turn. It was them, you know, and the, the good things i will say about the record i think paul vocally is amazing on this record like he's saying his fucking heart out on this album you can hear it you can feel it you know i'll give him that so see there you go that's something constructively nice that i said about crazy <laughs> all right well quit shitting all over that
0: record and what is your number four?
3: Oh, listen he doesn't want to. <laughs> i didn't even really shit on it that day. <laughs> you know really um no, but, you didn't.
0: Uh, you were no, polite, but uh, but I could tell you were like throwing up in your mouth a little.
3: A little bit, a little bit, yeah, you know. But it's all right. I mean, hey, this the shit's subjective. My oh, number four is pathetically dress- subjective. Yes, yes, uh, yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh,
0: so again, fuck you, Nick the Dick.
3: Exactly. Uh, number four, Dress to Kill. I Ooh. absolutely love this record. Ooh, uh, the Peter Chris Show. Oh, the, the drumming on it. Yeah, Peter sounds amazing on this record. Everybody, you know, that whole narrative that Mr. Stanley wants to give us about Peter being a subpar drummer all along is bullshit. Fucking bullshit, man. Because if you listen to him on a live, you listen to him on this record, man. He sounds fucking great. Yeah, I love Dress to Kill, man. I think it's um, a great record with a lot of great songs. A lot of really cool deep tracks, too, you know. Um oh, yeah. I, I love this album, man. Like I love uh, Love Her All I Can and any anything from My Baby. And you know, I know there's a. What's the song that Chris that you hate from that record? Oh, Ladies, oh, in waiting. ladies and Waiting. Ladies and Waiting. Yeah, I, I would. Was... Ladies
0: and Waiting.
2: <laughs> Two chords. Two chords. That's it.
1: <laughs>
0: but you like the Ramones? Shut up.
2: Yeah, but that's the Ramones. Kiss can't do that. <laughs> oh, you gotta have three chords I if will... you
3: Kiss. I I will agree (laughs) that Ladies in Waiting is probably, in my opinion, the weakest song on that album because there's a lot of other ones like, I mean, I even like, I like the opening track, Room Service, um, Two-Timer, Getaway, Rock Bottom, Are You Fucking Kidding Me, Come On and Love Me, Oh My God, man, great fucking song, Anything For My Baby, She. Of course, I know that Gene had wrote that along with Lover All I Can. they have done that with um, Wicked Lester, but I love the Kiss versions a hell of a lot more. Oh and God. of course, you know, it's fucking played out. And if I never heard it again, it'd be too soon. But rock and roll all night. It's just a great record. It's That's a cool. really, really great album, in my opinion. It's definitely the first three Kiss albums, there's just an energy there that, it, you know, they were young and they were hungry and. I, I don't know. That's and maybe it's because of Alive. Alive was my first Kiss record, so I love that era of the band.
0: I, you know, I can't argue with you because for me, like I said uh, in uh, Metal Mike, you know my story with Kiss. Um, I was handed the '74 debut and Kiss Alive vinyl. My dad, uh, Chris, just in case you haven't heard the story, my dad come home from work one day. We were living in Heidelberg, Germany, 1983. Uh, I'm in third grade, man. My dad comes home. He's like, some guy from the barracks gave me these records, and I don't want this clown shit. <laughs> and threw these <laughs> threw these two records to me, and it was the 1974 debut, and it was Kiss Alive. The 1970 uh, 74 debut changed my mind about the kind of music I was listening to, but Alive changed my life. Yeah. So yeah, Metal Mike, I I am with you, man. Uh, dude. Uh. Addressed to Kill would have been my number six. Okay. Would have been my number six. Number three. Top third best kiss album ever. Metal Mike, what's yours?
3: The debut album. And the only reason why I have it number three... Because um, you're mean, really, wrong. R- r- I mean, well, honestly, <laughs> song-wise... I mean, you're talking about songs that are probably still in their set list to this day. I wouldn't sure. know, though, because last time I saw Kiss was on the Farewell Tour. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, come on. Strutter, Nothing to Lose, uh, Cold Gin, Firehouse, Deuce, 100,000 Years, Black Diamond. Probably the greatest Kiss song ever, especially the live version. Or My or
0: all-time just, favorite Kiss song yeah, is I Black mean, Diamond. Yeah,
3: I mean, it's just, if, if anybody was going Okay. Well, there you go. There you go, guys. Yeah. I mean, if anybody was to ask me, what is kiss boom,
2: that's the album. You, that's that's yes. the song.
3: Yeah. That's the song. And, and, and preferably the alive version that is, it's just quintessential. And it it is the one song where each member of the band kind of gets to showcase their talents and abilities and shine. It's just an amazing, amazing song. Oh, yeah. uh, Paul Stanley fucking wrote a winner on that one. I probably should have it higher just for the fucking track listing alone. But I prefer the, the Eddie Kramer demos of those songs. And, of course, the Alive version better than, I mean, it's a great debut album. But what is it, Kenny Kerner and, or what was their Richie name? Wise. For
2: yeah, Kerner and,
3: and Wise. Wise. Just the the productions yeah, it just doesn't. It okay. kind of hurts it for me. It is, you know, and, and and there's another record that's on my list too. I could, you know, say that about. But I gotta tell it's you, phenomenal album though. I mean, like I said, it's the it's the blueprint for everything that followed. I mean, those songs, a lot of them are still in their fucking. I'm I'm assuming it's still in their set list to this day. And there's got to be something said about that. I mean, dude, hundred thousand years. I mean,
1: oh,
3: you fucking kidding me. Especially the live version with Peter Chris's drum solo.
0: Drum it's solo, fucking, yeah.
3: Pin drop, yeah. mic drop,
0: motherfuckers. So sorry I pulled the live albums out of your thing. <laughs> Sizzag, number three. So oh, um,
2: oh, I only, four. you know, so you picked no, the day... no,
0: wait, is it time for me to do my number four?
2: Did you do your number four?
0: I did not.
2: Did you go first?
0: What was your number four?
2: <laughs> my number four was Crazy Nights.
0: Crazy Mine Nights. I dressed oh, to kill. And dressed to kill. Yeah, I'm a asylum guy. Nice. dude ah, uh, everybody sings praises to creatures Blech. my favorite song on that is i still love you if that tells you what i think about that record wow you know lick it up lick it up had a lot of great stuff on it you know a million to one dance all over your face and on the eighth day which are all songs that people don't like off that record because you're fucking stupid
3: well, damn, Bush, don't hold back. Tell us how you really feel. Oh,
0: dude, Asylum. I like the glam look. I like the record Ugh. cover. I like how even though it was Bruce and Eric, they were still doing the colors to max, you know, to match the schemes of the solo albums from '78. But come on, King of the Mountain. Any way you slice it, who wants to be lonely? Oh, fucking.
2: And it me. all goes back. To, and it all goes back to Betty White.
0: <laughs> Stop that Because Tears Are Falling Is actually my most Hated Kiss song
3: <laughs> Ever? Really? Ever?
0: Ever? Ever. Oh, Ever? Get the fuck out of here I man. would rather at gunpoint Listen to Unmasked All the Way Through Oh. Or Listen to Tears Are Falling I'm taking Unmasked over Tears Are Falling
2: you, You'd take I Finally Found My Way To You over that song?
0: Yeah, come on, Bushy. Really? Well, maybe not. (laughs) I know I'd find one that would... Maybe not. (laughs) I had to think for a second, like, fuck. Uh. But still, maybe. (laughs) Radar for Love, uh, all night, it's quintessential 80s glam. It's everything I love about that genre. It's, it, it's the bright colored clothes. It's the bouffant hairdos. It's <laughs> that's the receding hairlines. <laughs> well, you know, that's, that, that's why they had bouffant wigs, I guess is what I'm about to say. <laughs> he didn't go for a wig for that record, which was a uh, bad choice. I know, but he was also doing, you know, Tom Selleck movies and shit. So. But no, Asylum, I think it's hugely underrated because of the look. This is one of those moments where the look bothers fans and they're not listening to the music where poison. It was all about the look, which I'll, I'll never understand. And I'm a huge, huge poison fan, as we all know, but no, this album is absolutely amazing. Tears are falling. I appreciate it, but I can't fucking stand it. (laughs) <laughs> There's so many good tracks on this album, and I like that sexy, raunchy, yeah. Asylum is my number four. So we'll move on to the number three, uh, Mr. Sinzak.
2: I didn't pick Asylum from my list, but I do love it, and then I, I go back to it a lot. I love a lot of songs on that one. So, um, But for number three, I went with Lick It Up uh, from 1983, That, um, and aside from my uh, misgivings with a certain person that wrote a lot of songs on this record— uh, well, fuck you that guy. yeah you can't deny that it the that they did create some really magical shit together and this album is definitely one of them and i go back to this album all the time uh i think there's not much filler on this record i i typically don't skip over anything on it uh, maybe dance all over your face not not crazy about that one but um but like exciter and not for the innocent and Young and wasted and
3: fucking I, young and wasted
2: rules. That dude. song's great, and I I, st- I still will say that a million to one how they didn't release that as a single. I have no idea because I, I don't that know That's a that would have been a hit.
3: Fantastic track, man, and yeah, yeah and, I agree. Um,
2: even though it's goofy, fits like a glove. Even with the whole knife through butter thing, it's goofy, but it's just it's an a awesome song.
3: Too, though, man.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I I just love it. And like even or uh, you know, give me more. It's just uh, it's them doing like speed metal. And yeah, maybe they were trying to keep up with the Joneses with the Judas Priest and everything. But I don't give a shit. I love this. I love the production on it. I think you know Gene Paul, Vinny, and Eric. Or a magical lineup, um, regardless of whether Vinny's a scumbag or not. I uh, yeah, I go back to this a lot, so that's my number three. Lick it up.
3: Good pick. Not in my top five, Chris and Zach, but a damn good album and to me sonically, anyway. Especially, I think Lick It Up and 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 Creatures Night are, are sister albums. You yeah. know, um, and I love them both. And I, I yeah, again, he might be a fucking literally a piece of fuck, like probably the best part of him ran down his daddy's leg while he was being conceived. But I must say visual, you're welcome. Um, his chemistry with kiss and those, those two albums that they're fucking killer, man. Like it it was like, he did give that band and Gene and Paul and Eric a shot in the arm. And, um, yeah, it's a shame that he's such a fucking scumbag and a self-destructive piece of shit. But what are you going to do? But that's that's my thoughts on it. But yeah, good good pick, man. Uh, Thank you. Wipes oh, yeah. the floor with fucking crazy nights too.
0: Well, I uh, don't necessarily disagree, but yeah, I disagree.
1: <laughs> yes, you do.
0: Sorry, bushy bushy had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so everything after a million to one, I missed. <laughs> but I will say, Chris, uh, when you throw a million to one into a song mix. That moves to the top of my list. Uh, you can have your uh, Paul Stanley rap and street hustler walks up to me and I am him up. Fuck you! That... Why does everybody like that shit? Why do you not like dance all over your face? Oh, I like that stuff.
3: <laughs> well, it's okay. Re- I
2: don't hate it. I just, I that's the one
0: that I would, ha- I would probably skip over. But
2: yeah, which one
3: would you skip over, Chris?
0: dance all over your face yeah i'll skip skip over that stupid rap song and i like rap
2: the riff on that song's pretty cool though yeah is it Hmm. yeah eric carr wrote that riff
3: you know what's Uh, funny i love you eric carr sorry um (laughs) my, my least favorite track on the album is probably the title track
2: Yeah, I I rarely ever listen to Lick It Up anymore. Because we're all burnt out on that. Yeah,
3: but even when it first came out, I was like, eh. But when I I got the rest of the record, I was like, holy shit. When I heard Exciter, I was like, oh, yeah.
2: I loved it as a teen. Lick It Up is a great anthem for the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. All right. These days, I'll skip it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But Mike, number three.
3: Number three would be... Well, we already did my number three, remember? Because we got sidetracked because you asked me to move on to my number three when oh, we skipped oh. your number four. My number three was the debut album.
0: Oh, okay. Number three.
2: So you guys
3: go ahead and do your number threes.
0: Well, Lick It Up Lick It Up was your number three, right, Chris? Yes. Right. Yeah, okay. yeah, we're not professional here, what, people. it was Monster? <laughs> and, and, and it was frankly, Monster,
3: Crazy Nights, and then Lick It Up Lick it for up. you,
0: Chris? Yep. Interesting. Yeah, I- I'm loving Chris's list more than yours,
3: Mike.
2: I only have one original lineup album on my list.
3: See, that's just Ooh, mind-boggling that's, to
0: me. That's interesting. That's yep. interesting. Because my number three is going to be an album that... There's some hardcore guys that hate this fucking record. And apparently they hate the BGS, And apparently they hated the movie Saturday Night Fever. And they think that this album is a disco record. But it's fucking not. Although it has some disco elements, but Charisma alone (laughs) saves this album. My number three is fucking Dynasty. If you take out I Was Made For Loving You, throw that shit away. Wow, what a record. 2000 Man, Ace Frehley completely reinventing the horrible Rolling Stones song. And I'm a huge Stones fan, but boy... Ace did it better. Sure knows something. Okay, it's overplayed, but I dig it. Dirty living. Out. Come on, Peter. Chris. charisma, which is possibly the sexiest Gene song ever.
3: All right, yeah, it's a good record Ma- overall.
0: Dude, Magic Touch, Hard Times, X Ray Eyes, Savior. Fuck that. Dynasty sits right in the middle of my top five. Uh, I'm a huge fan of this record. I go back to it a whole lot. Dynasty. No questions asked. What do you guys think about Dynasty? I
2: No, I love Dynasty. It would have been probably number six on my list. It didn't make my list, but I that was like the... the My brother gave me a live, and then I, and I bought Crazy Nights. But then when I started going back into the back catalog, I remember Dynasty was one of the first cassette tapes that I bought. And I remember hearing the opening part of I Was Made for Love, you going, I don't like this. And then I switched to 2,000, man. And I bet you I listened to 2,000, man like seven times in a row before I went to the next song. Yeah, so great like, song. yeah, because it just it was just it hooked me so much as a teen. But no, I love the record. I think it's and I think Dirty Living is one of the most underlooked tracks in the whole catalog. I love that song. I think the guitar playing on it's great. Regardless of who does it, I don't even think that's Ace playing on the song, but um, but I love that one. I think X ray Eyes and Charisma are great gene songs. Because Gene gets a lot of flack for that album, but um, oh. no. I,
3: I love both those songs. I think both those yeah. songs are terrific.
2: They're fun songs, and, and Charisma is a great song. The solo on it's good. Um, and then Ace Ace is playing on it. it's great through the whole record. Save Your Love, the solo on Save Your Love is fucking awesome. I love Fuck that song. Fuck yeah. But yeah, no, I love it. It didn't make my top five, but I love that song.
0: That That's album. awesome. Metal Mike, Dynasty, what, what uh, what's your thoughts on Dynasty?
3: Okay, i got a bit of an interesting history with Dynasty. I remember the record come out, my brother bought it, because, you know, we always bought the new Kiss record when it came out after Alive, right? And um, my brother flipped out. When he, the first minute, t- he, he heard I was made for Loving You, he took the fucking record off the uh, turntable and he threw it up against the wall and smashed it. He was pissed. He was infuriated. He was like, you know... Kiss went disco. What the fuck? So for many, for a long time, I didn't know about any of the other songs on that album, other than I was made for loving you. I just assumed that the rest of the album was that way. You, you know what I'm saying? Um, it wasn't until a few years later when I actually got to listen to 2000 Man, which I agree with you 100%, Bushy. Um, Ace, it's Ace's song as far as I'm concerned. I love the Stones, but their version sucks. Um,
0: yeah, her Satanic Majesty's whatever that album's called. Awesome. I do dig it. But uh I like a different song on there. Two thousand Man's Horrible.
3: Yeah, um and of course you got like um, you know, hard times. Uh, like a rainbow.
0: Sorry, I, I'm 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 half cocked, so it just jumped into my head. Like a rainbow is the song I like off of uh, That
3: is a good song. That is her good. Song. Satanic Majesty's whatever. Yeah, good yeah. Um, That is a good song, I do agree. I concur with that, Bush. But yeah, you know, Dynasty for me was just like one of those albums where it was like, overall, it's a darn good record, man, but it did get... Now, I do think, though, that Dirty Living does have a bit of a disco tinge in it, even though I do like it. Definitely has some disco tinges in it too. Everybody always sure. just, Everybody just. Well, I oh was well, made loving for
0: loving you, you and sure know something. Are very disco.
3: Very disco. Uh,
0: Dirty living is very disco too, with the drum beat and the.
3: when it does, So when it does get the disco label, I do kind of understand people calling it kisco, because in a way, not the whole record, mind you. Like I think the gene songs are pretty rockin'. The Ace songs are pretty rockin'. Like I said, I like Dirty Living. Um Sure know something, I like it, but I like the unplugged version a hundred times better.
0: Oh agreed.
3: And uh but overall, yeah, it's a good record. Again, not in my top five.
0: Chris, uh Sure but... know something unplugged. What do you think?
2: Oh, it definitely benefited from the unplugged treatment. I think, you know, they stripped it down and took away some of the bg is type sound bullshit. to it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't mind the original version. Um, I didn't go back to it a lot. But um, but no, I love the unplugged version. I think it's great. Nice, nice.
0: Now, are we all caught up? Are we all on number three, moving to number two? Yes. Okay. So, special guest. Thank God you're sober. <laughs> I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're more sober than me. I'm asking you for help. Okay.
2: yeah. <laughs> So, my number two. Um, number two. So, you know, in uh, Metal Mike mentioned, uh, you know, that they, they Link It Up and Creatures are kind of sister albums, and it's going to work that way on my list because Creatures of the Night is my number two record for kids.
0: Uh, I still love you. It's the only good song on that record. How do you.
3: Uh, are you on crack, Bush?
0: I, I'm sorry, you know, I'm wrong. I'm
3: fired. You're fired. You're fired from that metal station, and I'm, I'm turning to <laughs> the fucking Decimal Geek, all right? <laughs> Jesus
0: Christ, Bushy. Well, I like I, War Machine 2.
3: Well yeah, Machine like, like Killer the, the, fucking, the, the, Come on, the,
1: man. Uh, Satan oh, yeah.
2: Center, keep me coming. Uh Danger. Uh yeah. I even I Love It Loud, it's played out, but it's a great song. Uh I this no The I
3: title think, track? Yeah, are the you fucking right. kidding me? I,
2: I love this record. This isn't one I never skip any songs. Well, even I and even I still love you. I I, I love it, that it's song. A, it's a It's, great type.
1: it's a great dark ballad.
2: It's very similar to Zeppelin from the 70s. I think that's what Paul was going for, but uh, oh, yeah. it's kind of like uh, Still Loving You from Zeppelin. Um, but no, I, I love it. And I like Eric. Saint and Center is that's kind of a standout track for me because it's got very unique drumming on it from Eric Carr. And then also, Vinny's doing like a pedal steel type thing with the guitar solo. And, and you know, that's one of the weird factoids I picked up from all the research I did on the guy. His parents were, like, country musicians, so I bet that's where he learned how to play like that. Right. Um, and then, you know, Keep Me Coming goes a little too far into the Zeppelin mode. It can. The Paul's vocals are a little annoying on it, but I love the riff on it. Rock and Roll Hell, you know, you've got Brian Adams and Jim Valance helping with the songwriting on that as well as War Machine. I, I don't know. I think, you know, to, to come from Unmasked and The Elder and then put this out, I mean, talk about a return to form. I I love this record. Uh, even Killer. I Killer is killer filler, is what I would call that. Um, yeah, I go back to Creatures all the time. I uh, absolutely love this record. That's why it's my number two.
0: Man, I, uh, I never go back to Creatures. Maybe I should, because you just kind of made my dick hard for Creatures.
3: Dude, it's it's a great
0: record, Cause man. I, there's only like two songs off the top of my head that I know I like, and it's I still love you, but I'll take the uh, uh, unplugged version over the studio version. And creatures is all I can think of that I like on that album. I'll have to revisit it. Metal Mike, wow. I mean, you were you were singing the praises to uh, to creatures. Is there anything you have to add? To um,
3: other set? than one thing, man, it's it's a shame that Kit, that Gene and Paul kind of because I mean I you know and again I don't mean to bash them because I love Kiss but I just got to be honest with, about
0: oh, it. Oh, it's okay. They're used to the bashing these days. let no, see what they're doing. I mean, <laughs> but
3: they, 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 you know, like when they did Dynasty, yeah, they kind of went disco. But I, I've always said if they had put an album out like Creatures in 1980. That record, even if that record come out when the elder, if it'd been the if it'd been creatures instead of the elder, or if the elder would have been as heavy as creatures, I think I'm not so sure. Kisses, Kisses, you know, because people gotta remember. Yes, Creatures is a, a, a an album that's beloved by a lot of Kiss fans now, but at the time, I mean, I didn't even know about it when it came out. I didn't give a fuck because. I was fucking done with Kiss by that point. They'd already done pissed me off with fucking Unmasked and fucking The Elder. So I was done, (laughs) okay? Like done. Like I I remember having the attitude. Oh, Kiss got a new album. I'm like, is it even worth the fuck? Like I. And and then the first
0: time I bought Creatures on CD, it was the Bruce Kulick Eric Carr cover.
3: Okay. So, (laughs) but the first time I heard it, I was blown the fuck away, and I'm like. What the problem with creatures though at the time, I'm talking at the time, it was just too little too late for the for the the, the hard rock and metal fans of, of that time period. And I know because even though I was a very young dude at the time, I was there. And a lot of people's attitude at the time was like they just didn't give a fuck. And it's a shame because it was a great record. I know Paul you know, if you read his biography, he was very bitter about that. Like, oh, well, we put out a good record. Nobody gave a fuck. Well, nobody gave a fuck, Paul, because you alienated the fans with your fucking rock opera, whatever the fuck, trying to be Pink Floyd bullshit. And you trying to fucking, oh, let's let, let's do a whole album of I Was Made for Loving You. It was a fucking misstep. You know, it was a huge, huge misstep. I'm with misstep. you on Unmasked. That's fucking horrible. You know, and, and even, uh, dude, okay, l- whether you like the elder or not, and I'm, I'm in a weird category because I'm not an elder at the time. I hated the elder. God, I hated it as I've gotten older and I see what they were trying to do with that record. And there's some good moments in it. It's, but I'm not, I'm not an elder lover, but I'm not an elder hater, you know? Um, I'm just kind of like, what a weird fucking record, you know? It's like people bitch about them going on a left turn with Carnival Souls. I'm like, they didn't take... <laughs> no No, nothing was a bigger left turn than the goddamn Elder. Okay, let's just be real about it. You okay, know, so, so,
0: you, so, so, so you're a fan of Creatures. Yes, I am. Well, well, then what's your number two?
3: But Creatures is not my top five. Uh, another, uh, you guys well, they never, shut what they call the fuck up Hey, fuck you, man <laughs> It's definitely in my top ten, alright And it fucking shits all over crazy nights So, anyway um, You guys gotta understand I came from, again My first introduction to Kiss was alive And it was when it just came out It had been out for a few months Think what, it came out in September of 75 I what, what
0: he's trying to say, Chris Is uh, Metal Mike is old Okay, that's go right. Ahead, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm fucking old.
3: I'm, uh, yeah, I'm old, and uh, I was there when Kiss was at the height of their. Yeah, it was awesome. Now I wasn't old enough to go to any of the concerts, unfortunately. I was still a little guy, but this is that's one if people are going to ask me what's your favorite era of Kiss, it's always going to be this era. So ooh, therefore, number 80s. two. No, ooh, seventies. The real Kiss. Hotter than hell, bitch. Seventies or eighties?
0: Eighties. Thank you. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is so the one time. Subjectly.
0: Yeah,
3: you're younger. You're younger. That's true. You are younger. And So what's your number two? I just said, Hotter Than Hell. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, why? Okay. Now, production-wise, the album sucks. I'll grant see, you. See, Somebody... I disagree.
0: I will go on the record well, hear the Dr. Out. Fuck thing. I love the Dirty Production, but go Well, ahead.
3: I don't mind it, because I'm a bit... What? Ew, my all-time favorite band is Black Sabbath. Hello. Right. So I like Dirty, Heavy, Thick Production. So that's part of the charm of the album. Even though I still think it would have been cooler if Eddie Kramer had produced
0: it. He likes Dirty, Heavy, Thick Women, too.
3: I do. I do. Yeah. Uh, the visual. <laughs> uh, got to choose, man. Come on, dude. Parasite. Going blind. Hotter than hell. Let me go rock and roll. Fucking side Uh, one. All right. You can go side two, man, all the way, watching you. Are you fucking kidding me? I even like Mainline. Coming Home, great Fraley Stanley. How the fuck did this album not make my top five? And then strange ways? Strange ways? Are you fucking in that guitar solo by Ace? Are you fucking kidding me, man? Are you fucking kidding me? With the vocals with Peter Chris? Man, this fucking record rules. It rules. Number two.
0: it would definitely be a top 10 for me. I'm about to piss both of you off because my number two all-time favorite Kiss album is Music from the fucking Elder.
2: Oh, <laughs> thanks for letting me be on the show today. It's nice talking to you
3: guys. Yeah, no shit. And you know what? I think I'm going to leave too. Have a good one,
0: You and Baco. What's wrong with you guys? Dude, this is a great album. Just a boy. Everybody shits on that song. It's It's
3: a fucking awful song. I'm just a boy. Like trying to be saintly. Dude, it's
0: amazing. Odyssey. Only you (laughs) under the rose. Very homoerotic.
3: You know, I think. Whatever. Yeah.
0: I watched He-Man growing up. I grew up on yeah, He-Man shit. Yeah, but He-Man, I'm just
3: boy. and prance around like a little fucking fruit loop. Well, you don't know what
2: he did in his off time, you know.
3: <laughs> exactly. Well, I didn't see it. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I'm just boy.
0: I think I mean, it's I, a great yeah. fucking record. It's uh, I I, I think Kiss Number fans. Number
3: two over fucking the albums I picked. Really? Yes,
0: sir. Yep.
3: Yep. I don't get it. I just, it's no more of a, it's not even really a Kiss record. It's like Kiss trying to be somebody else. Like totally, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it, man. I mean, I don't hate the record, but it's definitely not even in my top ten. I don't even know if it's in my top fifteen. <laughs> Fuck, I might take Crazy Nights over that. Book.
1: We
0: found a way for you to like Crazy Nights. We did it.
3: <laughs> See, so I win. Well, there's no a of songs one. off Crazy Nights that I like. <laughs>
0: No, I'm a huge fan of the Elder. Uh, I, I know they get a lot of shit. I was not a Kiss fan, quote unquote, when uh, that album came out. Like I said, uh, my dad gave me my first two Kiss records in '83, '84. It was the debut and Alive. My first bought Kiss album was Crazy Nights, and I went backwards. And this record just worked for me. It it, it just it hits everything I needed to hit. It gets heavy. It gets ballady. It gets show tuney, and I get that from my mom. E- e- everything about this record is just brilliant. I don't think it gets enough fucking love, man. Music the elder is my number two. Yes, it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Has everybody done their number two? Yes. Mr. Senzak, your all-time Favorite kiss record that is not a compilation because we all know smashes, thrashes, and hits would win that. That is not a live record because we all know that Alive wins that. Alive. It's not a solo record. Alive Who? I'm just joking. Oh my god. I was about I was about to close the show. And it's not like a solo it. record of which we know that like Paul or Peter Chris's
3: is the best. What's wrong with you? Now wrong? I know you're fucking trolling, uh, motherfucker. Yeah, you
0: have to be trolling at this point. I, I was absolutely trolling. Okay. I'm a Paul Stanley solo album fan. Uh, yeah,
2: I mean, you do still matter to me, but you're wrong on that. <laughs>
0: well, the Ace album has a couple songs I don't like, and the Paul album has like a song I don't like. I've gained appreciation for the Peter Chris album over the years as I've gotten older. Mm. But we take out all these compilation albums. We take out the solo albums. We take out the live albums.
3: Yeah, because we, we s- all know your hero solo album kind of sucked, man. Just throwing that out there. Yeah,
0: well, a live for the symphony is the best solo album. But anyway, <laughs> 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 Mr. Zack, your number one all-time greatest Kiss album. Uh, is it?
2: And this, why? This album came out exactly six days after I was born in 1976. My favorite Kiss album is Rock and Roll Over. And Ooh, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think... There's no bad songs on this record. It's basically Kiss that's kind of matured after Alive, and, but it's still raw enough to where it's got that original band spirit, but the production obviously improves because you bring Eddie Kramer into the picture. Um Destroyer gets all the love and I wouldn't mind hearing them do more records with Ezrin during that time, but I think Eddie Kramer was, was best at letting Kiss be Kiss and I think that's what's good about this record and like, I mean, come on I mean, open up with I Want You, then Take Me Calling Dr. Love, Ladies Room I even love Baby Driver, I think it's a great Peter song so um, I. It, Love Em, Leave Em, you know, might be the weakest song on the record, but I still love it every time I hear it Mr. Speed Could have been a Rolling Stones hit. Uh, See you in your dreams. I'll take this every time over the Gene Solo album version. Thank you. Um, Hard luck woman. Perfect song for Peter. My all-time favorite
0: Peter Chris ballad.
2: Yeah, and like you know, Paul did a masterful job writing it for Rod Stewart, and then Peter Chris took it, which was great. But then, um, making love. You know, it's it's their rewrite of Communication Breakdown by Led Zeppelin. So like, there's no bad tracks on this record. It's perfect from start to finish. One of the most iconic album covers of the 70s. I don't find one flaw in this record at all, and that's why it's my number one.
0: Top 10 Kiss album for me, absolutely. Uh, spoiler alert, not my number one, but yeah, top 10 Shut Kiss her. album. Love it. Shut up, Mike. <laughs> 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 it's a great album. Metal Mike, your number one all time best Kiss studio record what is
3: all it? right my my number one all-time best uh kiss studio record is fucking hot in the shade Nice. The like, there's up. no way <laughs>
1: there's yeah
3: <laughs> i was like yep we're done um uh, no no
1: because uh, for me ball, that's, though, that's a top <laughs> that would
3: you guys would be like what the fuck DJ Metal i'm like <laughs>
0: yeah top 15 maybe
3: no um anyway um uh, i gotta go with chris on this one man rock and roll over all the way uh it's nice. it's um it's just the perfect kiss record i think that while i obviously i love bob Ezrin, respect him just for everything he did with alice cooper the, the band and the solo artist alone plus you know his work on the wall and all that and, and Destroyer, i love i do love kiss destroyer um when I was younger, KISS, pro- Destroyer probably would have been in my top five when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Over time, though, it's um, it's still a great record to me, but it's KISS kind of like with Bells and Whistles. Um, this album always resonated with me, even when my brother bought it when I was a little guy, and um, because, it, like you said, it was KISS- they, they had the confidence now after Alive and the success, and it, it, it's just got that raw sound, and they did it by recording in that theater. It's just a great... There's not a bad fucking uh, song on this or on this record. And the other thing I love about it is even though he didn't have any songwriting credits, to me, Ace Fraley's fingerprints are just all over this fucking record. Yeah. His fucking guitar solos are just amazing. It's just a phenomenal album. It's It's my number one. Studio album, uh, for sure. For all the reasons that Chris just said already, man. I mean, it's in my opinion, it's the perfect kiss studio album and yes baby driver is totally an underrated song that fucking song rules awesome true
0: story true story
3: go baby driver oh i love peter's vocals and the fucking oh. uh, even that opening guitar riff dot dot dot
0: well yeah and then the uh rock,
3: the, 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 man and then
2: even the solo the i love that the little i love it yeah, thing. yeah that's awesome yeah
3: yeah, even like, a, and then of course, like with the take, uh, take me, where you got Paul and Ace trading off on solos, yeah. fucking oh, sweet. Yeah. And then
2: <laughs> I, and I want you is probably one of the more sophisticated things they ever wrote. You know, oh, got, by far the, the double solo in it and everything. And, and Paul's like, I was trying to basically steal from, you know, Zeppelin and Free and bands like that, and I could hear one of those bands doing that song.
3: Oh yeah, totally. I love I want you, man. Like I said, that the whole album from beginning to end is, and, and again. Not to disparage Beth, I know some people hate it, some people love it, but Hard Luck Woman is a much better song.
0: Yes, it is. Easily. Yes, it
3: is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, I prefer the uh, Eric Carr version of Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits.
3: Well, I won't go that far. Even Eric Carr didn't want to do it, okay?
0: Whatever, he got paid, didn't he?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Even, even Eric Carr disagrees with you on that.
3: Right, dude. I don't care. He can't come disagree
0: with me now, can he? No, I guess that's true.
3: No, he's spinning in his grave because you fucking like the, you, uh, you you like his version of Beth, but you you don't like fucking uh, all those breaking loops that he co-wrote. So he's fucking Whoa. all he's all pissed off at you now. Bro. I'd I'd rather listen to Car Jam. Actually, that's I do time. like Car Jam
0: all right so it's down to me huh the number one all-time favorite kiss album
2: it's making a clean a sweep album. it's got to be rock and roll over come on dude
0: that was that was tough I really struggled with the, my number one uh rock and roll over is an amazing album amazing album but if you go to a kiss concert today you're going to hear black Diamond you're going to hear cold gin. You're going to hear Firehouse. You're going to hear Strutter. Why you're not here? nothing to lose and let me know is beyond me. But that 1974 debut, oh my God, yes, I know the production quote unquote sucks. That is my all-time favorite. Kiss record, and I would like to re you know, the, the reissue with Kissing Time. I think that's a great fucking song. Take out Love Theme, keep kissing time in. Deuce, oh, it's the greatest thing they ever fucking did. And it can only be proven by the fact that they're playing half of this record on every single show 40, 50, how, 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 74, 84, 94, 04, 14, 24. Yeah. <laughs> It's been a long time. Kiss, the 1974 debut, is my all-time favorite Kiss record. Uh, Rock and Roll Over is a top 10 album for me. But I'm a big 80s Kiss fan. When you come back to that original band, that original fire, that original hunger, I don't think you could top this record at all. And I know... Dressed to Kill is amazing. The Peter Chris show, man, his drums and vocals are fucking killer, and hotter than hell. Even with what they call shitty production, it's raw, it's dirty, and it's the other half of Alive. Nah, man, this is where it started for me. This is where it ends for me. 1974 debut. Sid, Zach, what do you think of that choice?
2: Oh, I mean, love the record, and I mean, obviously, yeah, we don't get alive without this record, so I mean, it's it's kind of the exactly. basis for for everything. So I I respect your opinion on picking it. I just couldn't go with it, but um, but no, I yeah yeah, I, I have no arguments there at all, and I never even I don't, I never even skip love theme whenever it comes on. So I mean, and whenever I listen to it, I, I listen to the whole thing. So I love it.
0: Yes, great, because I don't either. <laughs> yeah,
2: and I think kissing Time is awesome too, even as cheesy as it is.
0: Oh, that's awesome! I I have never heard anyone but me say that. Oh, I think it's a fun song. That, that it's great fun. You know me, I like the party rock. Metal Mike could attest to that. Metal Mike, nineteen seventy four debut. What do you think of that?
1: Well, it's
3: um, on my fucking top five, so that should tell you everything you need to know, dude. I mean, it's a great record. It, it's it's like I said earlier, it's the blueprint. For everything that followed afterwards and like you pointed out and it and as chris did you know it's how many of these songs and i said it too when i talked about it because it's my number three uh, every one of those songs or just about every one of those songs is still in their set list to this day there's a reason for that man
0: absolutely and uh for people and god knows that i mean
3: that's why i have the first three albums in my top five because sure. It's like, Sure. You know, that's...
0: It was it was really hard for me to not put those top three albums or those first three albums in my top five because I like so many eras of Kiss. I mean, Revenge would get an honor, you know, honorable mention. And yes, even Hot in the Shade, Monster. I love. I love that Chris picked that album. Uh, Creatures, not so much. I, I prefer Lick It Up, but I would take Animalize over Lick It Up. It's it, it, it's weird and that's, that's what I love about this band is everybody's all over the place. The only thing I don't like about Kiss fans is they get pissed off if we say eh, you know, he's just playing Ace Frehley, calm the fuck down. <laughs> yeah. People tend to get pissed off about that and they get pissed off if you call out Paul's vocals these days.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: But you know, it's because we love this band so much. I mean, it got us all into rock and metal. I mean, if we're being real, oh yeah, th- th- this is the band that did it for us, and that's why I got, you know, Chris on cause I know he's like a hardcore Kiss fan. I love the fact that he's a Crazy Nights fan. That just kind of helps my. <laughs> <laughs> that just kind of helps my argument.
2: But those, yeah, the few of us have to pull together, don't we? <laughs>
0: Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, all three of us. We have to. <laughs> <laughs> that means all three of us that actually bought that record.
3: That's right. Oh, <laughs> well, my brother bought it when it came out. My, my twin brother, I should say, because he's a big kid. All us Tyler boys are, you know. I mean, that, that. again, that was the band that opened up the doors. That's why they're still probably in my top five bands of all time, especially yeah. hard rock and metal. I mean, they're up there. For sure. You You, you know know what? I feel you.
0: I feel you. Because Mr. Sinzak last night on uh, Friday Night Live admitted that Kiss is not his number one band anymore. And while I understand your argument, I'm like, I'm trying not to pay attention to what they're doing today.
2: (laughs) It's kind of hard, though. Look, they're not my
3: number one. They're not my number one. They are not my number one and have not been my number one for a while, but they're still in my top five. They will always be an incredibly important band to me and and I just kind of try to not I mean like Chris says it's very difficult when you look at it and it's like oh God but but at the end of the day enough to to quote my good friend Dr. Fuck nothing they do now will ever taint what they did in the seventies for me. Oh. That was my childhood, you know and um you know I mean I remember I remember seeing the Paul Lynn Halloween special when it aired. I remember nice. that. You know, and it was a big moment for me because back in the day, we didn't have YouTube, man. Seeing Kiss was like fucking almost next to impossible, you know. I mean, I remember getting excited when I'd see the old commercials when they'd advertise Love Gun or Rock and Roll Over. It's like, oh, it's Kiss, you know. Like, we'd all Order get kiss excited dolls. about it. Oh. Yeah, is that, yeah is
0: that just me? That. Is that just me?
3: <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know, all that shit. I mean, it was like. I was in that wheelhouse. I was at that perfect... I mean, I was born in fucking 1970. By the time Kiss rolls around and starts getting... Like I said, I discovered them in early 76. So, alive. It was brand new album, practically. And then I remember when my brother bought Destroyer, as it come out, and Rock and Roll Over. I mean, I...
0: Okay, know. look, let me interrupt you right there, Chris. Yeah. I, I, I have a question, because people sing praises to this record they released an anniversary record for 200 bucks and people were buying it destroyer mr Sinzak, honestly honestly is that really a great album
2: i don't go i hardly ever go back to it now um i i loved it when i was a kid you know but yep same here um but like i mean yeah i mean obviously detroit and got of thunder those are great songs. I think even sure. Flaming Youth is a great song. Um, but no, I mean, I, for the, I'm not gonna say it's the weakest of the first six. Um, I would give that to Love Gun, but myself. But um,
0: I. Oh no, I would definitely give it to Destroyer.
2: Well, I, I'd put it right there with Love Gun for the weakest of that of that stuff. I and like you know, it's funny because Ezrin, I think, did wonders for Alice Cooper. Um, I don't know that he was the best producer for Kiss though, because I think he. He pulled them away from kind of the dangerous rock sound that they had before him. So, you know, I, I don't dislike Destroyer, but I really hardly ever go back to it. And then, like, when they reissue, here's the 45th anniversary. It's like, well, then five, in five years, they're going to do another one for the 50th. Yeah, it's cares? like, do, do, do I really need another version? I don't, I don't buy all the, the reissue stuff. If I have a original pressing from the 70s, I'm happy with that.
0: For real, for real. Metal Mike, uh, Destroyer, really? Okay. Really, isn't that great?
3: Six-year-old Mike loved it. I mean, first time my brother... I'm I'm
0: asking 51, 52-year-old, however old you are, Grandpa.
3: Hey, hey, fuck you, dude. (laughs) Um, uh, Destroyer, really? And, And I still love it. I mean, like Chris says, there's still some really good songs on there man a key in the nighttime world detroit rock city flaming youth i even like sweet pain i have to say mm-hmm. though i like the resurrected version with aces original solo better
0: i don't know uh, i
2: think it's i
3: don't songs.
0: i i <laughs> don't either thank you chris for
3: helping shout it out loud shout <laughs> it out loud still you know that was a big um, rallying song kind of like rock and roll all night part two Um, you know, I do think the order of the record, I think they should have ended it with shouted out loud and do you love me should have been before Beth, but that's just me. Um, it's a good record, but it's, it's, it's played out for me. Like, it's not one I really go back to very often. Um, and I do think it is a bit overrated. Like people, oh, it's like they're they treat it like it's their Sergeant Pepper. And it's I mean, like I, it's the swan song album. Are you kidding me? It's 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 um. I mean, it's a good record. I don't. I'm not. I'm not shitting on it like you are right now, Bushy. Let's just put it this way. I'll take it over quite a few other albums. But um, you know. Uh, here's
0: here's what I can say is a lot of people. Hate on Great Expectations, and I think that's fucking amazing.
3: I love that song. I know. And that's everybody loves.
0: Do you love me? And I'm like, this is just tripe. It is garbage. You give me Detroit Rock City. You give me Sweet Pain, King of the Nighttime World, uh, uh, Great Expectations, Throw Fucking Beth Away. I I, I don't think it's a great album. I don't know how they exploded with that record. I think if you give me the production of Destroyer on the 74 debut, we have a much bigger band. I think the songs are just better.
3: Well, it is. Well, yeah, of course. But you got to also understand something, dude. Destroyer wasn't a huge hit when it first came out. In fact, there was well, a bit of a backlash. It was a backlash. It, it, it shouldn't why be a do you hit think now. they went to the? Why do you think they went back in the studio and recorded Rock and Roll Over as quickly as they did? But anyway, man, uh, <laughs> they did. They did though. It's a. It's a fact. They were uh, freaking true. out. They were freaking yeah. out until Beth broke big. Yeah.
1: As much
3: as you hate on it, Bush, that's the song that broke Destroyer. That's the song that broke them big. And then once they threw out Rock and Roll Over, boom, that album exploded too. Hell
0: yeah! And Love Gun, I, th- I, I, you know, I even think Love Gun is a better album. I, I could pick almost any album in the catalog over Destroyer. I think Destroyer's is just completely overrated.
3: It's overrated, but not as overrated as fucking Revenge is.
0: Oh well, calm down. We'll have that conversation time.
3: Revenge is some totally time. overrated, man. But anyway, you're wrong. You know, and uh, it's better than a few other albums. Cough, cough, the older. Um, uh, but, uh, unmasked. Yeah, totally. No, yeah. Well, it's totally better than Unmasked. But anyway, um, I got to get ready for work here, boys. So. Well, that's all
0: good, because you have been listening to the Plug Podcast, <laughs> Music and More. Uh, we have Chris Sinzak sitting in. We have just given you our uh, top five Kiss albums, and it's kind of all over the place and kind of together. <laughs> uh, real quick, Mr. Sinzak, how do we find you on all your socials?
2: Uh, just uh, type in Chris Sinzak on Facebook or Twitter and just, basically just punch your keyboard. My name will come up and because uh, it's hard to spell.
0: Yeah, um, I, was, I was going to say, yeah. nobody's going to be able to spell that. Yeah, Let's just, talk about your podcast just, and all that. Uh, but yeah, Go do a
2: Decibel Geek uh, podcast. And get get us at all the, the outlets and then Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. And then uh, rock and pod, all one word for that. Uh, hopefully we'll have some announcements in the next couple of weeks.
0: I'm really, really looking forward to that. You know, I'll be there, man. I, I, I love Nashville.
2: I appreciate <laughs> it,
0: brother. <laughs> we'll be out there. Metal Mike, uh, you're coming back to that metal February, February
3: 18th. Yes, sir. Nice. Nice. Looking forward. Normally, to it. It's been too long.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're looking forward to you coming back. Normally we ask if you have anything to promote. Uh, I don't necessarily have anything to promote. Um, Chris, do you?
2: No, just listen to keep listening to the plug and listen to Decibel Geek.
0: Hell yeah. But remember, listen to the plug before Decibel Geek. You get <laughs> subpar and then you get really great. <laughs> so you said so that listen to me. Well, hey, I gotta be honest. Listen to the <laughs> shit and then have the cream on top when you go listen to Decibel Geek, uh, Decibel Geek. Metal Mike? Anything mm-hmm. to promote at all?
3: Uh, not this time around. No, man. I'm good.
0: Okay, yeah. Me neither. Now, one thing I will have to do, because we do it every single episode, uh, we give uh, everybody an opportunity to have their final thoughts. Mr. Sinzak, final thoughts?
2: Um, Go Chiefs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, now I got to edit that out. Give us something else. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Metal Mike, final thoughts? Um, keep fighting the good fight and stay metal to your dying breath, motherfuckers.
0: Hell yeah. Motherfuckers by Vinyl. We'll see you next week.
3: Hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it too.
0: Seems like we've just begun when, when suddenly we're, we're through.
1: Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Cause now it's time to go. But hey, I say, well, that's okay. Cause we'll see you very soon, I know. Very soon, I know.
0: What the fuck is this shit? This is how we say goodbye on The Plug. See you next week.
1: up boots Lots of studios And up program groups Only like something That you just can't win Chocolate sadness But you put forth Try once for What's a true round the so she smile Can't get. She's a fiend that there is, and husband, but your kids don't know you well. Hot your, How to mix your heart with the motel.